Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to gather all your friends and spend several weeks and thousands of dollars planning an incredibly elaborate prank. It's grunt work. I'm scaring the boys. I'm haunting the scene. I'm using my toys because it's Halloween. Mm. These are my roughest, toughest scares done on the Eve's Hollow, only meant for a pro who can handle a jalo. <laughs> oh. Check it. Mm. Suck up pranksters could never swing with me because all of the scares that I bring with me, only T.I.M. could be a king to me. And if the T.I.M. be in me, then the king I be. The microphone is branded when it's handed to me here on Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that does the mash. We do the monster mash. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am your host, Landon Boris Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman Wolfman Caps. Ow, ow, ow. Ow. Truman, Truman, Truman. <laughs> I just called you cumin. Cumin? Like I mean, spice. One, of, one of my favorite spices. I mean, it uh, adds, <laughs> adds a little bit of uh, zest and uh, savory zeal to just about any uh, anything, usually breaded chicken. That's <laughs> where I'm gonna, using it the most. I'm going to blame that on my um, uh, dry air... Uh, the winter dry winter air here mm. in Wisconsin. Um, the spookiest type of is, air. It's given me some congestion. Uh, this is something I would like to see a tool time episode on. Like we're we're getting around <laughs> really? now. Yes, and I'll tell you tell you what it is. Okay. How can you keep the air moist in your abode when it's winter and you have the heat on all the time? And I'll tell you why. A mm-hmm. I bloody noses all the time, Ooh. congestion Oof. all the time, running through my Kleenex boxes. My mm. plants, the soil gets drier faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and other things too. I, <laughs> I, it's it sucks when your grievances in life uh, don't separate out into three uh, easy to <laughs> easy to rattle off things. Both of the, the two that you mentioned are super legitimate. You didn't need a third one, like constant bloody noses and your plants faring poorly. That's reason enough to want moister air. But for yeah. some reason, you've got to have three options. Um, <laughs> so, okay. so I would like to see a, a tool time episode dedicated to how do you keep you know the air and that's circulating through your home. Uh, not only warm, but moist. And so Al is going to be out there talking about a variety of different humidifiers and how you can make your own humidifier on the cheap. And then Tim is going to be talking about the Binford 6100 super humidifier, which he turns on, <laughs> and I guess it turns the entire studio into like a swamp or something. Either it either it literally <laughs> does that, and like we see mold spores grow and spread through the wall it's... in real time because of how... Uh, how powerful it is, how powerfully moist it makes everything, or becomes the Ishiro Honda film uh, Attack of the Mushroom People, I... Matango. Ma- so okay, you can't just say Matango, dude. You need like, is Matango the name of a character? Is that the catchphrase of the movie? No, how... no that's 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 the the proper name of the movie that was called Attack of the Mushroom People. Here gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so there's okay, so it's it's Matongo mode that he turns. I don't into. know. I I am just gonna the fact that it just stopped the conversation. I might just be whenever I'm in a conversation that I don't want to be in, just say Matongo. Yeah, 
<laughs> Honestly, look, if we feel like the episode is going on too long, Matongo, I mean, it's kind of our safe word for content, oh really. You know, if I, if, I, if I start talking about politics or, you know, you start talking about a certain uh, foot-loving director, we just say Matongo and get ourselves back on track. Um, deal. Yeah, deal. Um, okay, but no, you, you've sold me on it. There should, in fact, be an indoor uh, indoor moisture control week uh, episode of, of Tool Time. Well, I, I just, you know, as I am learning and watching a lot of, you know, do-it-yourself uh, home renovation and uh, fixer-upper videos on YouTube and, you know, wow. things like this old house, I'm starting to look at Tool Time through a completely new lens, and I'm like, they have repeated themes on their show so often I, oh, how yes. many more times do we need a woodworking week like yeah. <laughs> well okay to, to be fair though if you're watching a tool show it's probably gonna be about woodworking at least one third of the time like woodworking okay, is like a what huge... do cars have to do with it <laughs> okay i okay okay the, the, may, maybe i might give you that but i think it's i think it's a little unfair <laughs> to be like you're talking about woodworking too much it's like yeah maybe they're not talking about woodworking enough because they also ha i mean this week it was all about torture chambers who's building a torture chamber and why are we teaching them how to do it you you're legally culpable for whatever goes down in there now not to mention it's morally wrong um, oh my god well I, oh here's this brings up a question though okay i have a question of my own but you do yours first but i don't want to forget mine okay just to wrap all this up, Bob Vila and other people of his ilk would put together home videos mm -hmm. of their episodes and their shows and special, you know, limited series on how to do a certain thing. You know, obviously YouTube has done away with that, but here in Home Improvement Land, we're pre-YouTube. So, yeah. Um, why do you think Tool Time has done this? Oh, uh, I think we would have heard about it by now if they had, but um, I, I, it seems like a, a way that they wouldn't have to repeat things so often. I mean, okay, well, first, re repeating, th they have a lot of time to fill, and Tim is, shall we say, not the most engaged or forward-looking producer, so I think Tim is perfectly happy <laughs> to have an excuse to repeat himself, and... Uh, Secondly, I mean, didn't we kind of cover this when Al was going to be making his own home improvement videos? And well, yes, yeah, but they're not tool time, is what I'm saying. They're it's not like, tool why time can't branded. you just put together a you know a five cassette set of all of the woodworking weeks and then like retire woodworking week? <laughs> I, I just I just don't think your tool show like uh, and also which is sponsored by a company that sells among other things woodworking tools also car tools to your question about why do they talk about cars so much like the whole purpose of tool time is to is for people who are interested in fixing up their house and car to turn on a show and I see guess, commercial for binford products so it's in their interest but that's what i'm getting to is like why invest in the show week after week day after day when you can invest in the show's for perpetuity and then really you're a business investing in home video sales rather than the massive overhead it takes to run a, a show day after day after day so so eight so eight seasons in we have now finally cracked open uh critiquing the marketing strategy of the <laughs> fictional tool conglomerate on on the tv show we we take we take for granted that they seem to manufacture uh, power tools and soda and clothes, and we take for granted that they dump lots of toxic waste <laughs> into local rivers. But well, I okay. Why why prioritize live TV over home video? Tell me, Mister Binford. 
Tell well, me, I guess, okay, th- this this just keeps bringing up questions, which is, I think, apt, because I have a million questions for this episode. Yes. Um. Okay, so if you're going to proceed with doing a daily or weekly tool show, mm-hmm. then that would have to mean that the star of your show is that much a benefit to your brand that you can't give it up mm-hmm. that it is you know commercially viable to do it that way yeah is tim that i this is what i want to see. i want to see the analytics i want to see the sales numbers of tim equals this much more sales at binford than without tim i yeah i think I think the main reason that Tim has been employed with Binford for so long is they have never had an executive who has thought to do that. I think it is just sort of, <laughs> I just think that, I mean, it's it's a, not a poor, it's not a well-run company, and I think that the board of directors are a bunch of dudes who either A, like Tim personally, or B, are just like, I don't know, man, Tim's always been here, and uh, yeah, I guess, you know, we need him for the business. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Don't think too much about it. Hey. And, and maybe, the, Detroit maybe the people that... Uh, that do try to inject new ideas. People like, I don't know, Vicky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> just suddenly go off to a, a conference and never come back. She, she, yeah, she went off to a really nice conference where she can run and, and network and interface with people all day long. And she's going to be so happy there. <laughs> don't worry about her. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can't I, remember her character name, Vicky Lewis. I, I just yeah. remembered the character or the actor name yeah yeah okay look landon i have a question for you and it's not about the uh the maintenance of a fictional tool conglomerate uh well, it that's is what we're here to do okay well i i know i know but this is still the preamble we've only been talking for 11 minutes without even opening up the episode <laughs> we're going to talk about i have time for more bullshit do you not find it interesting that you have spoken repeatedly about how your biggest fear in the world is water in your house you are yeah. so scared of that and now you are craving more moisture in your house <laughs> Is this well, not a Greek tragedy, hmm, Landon? Hmm. A man who wanted his house to be so dry that then the dryness itself began slowly killing him by well, making him bleed and see, his plants? This is why I would like an episode on it, because I don't want to move forward with ways that I think would do it, because I probably would end up with another leak or you know some sort of... Uh, here, here are the things that I would be afraid of. A leak, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. depending on the method that I was doing it. Um too much moisture in the air and it it creating mold or um you know if it's too hot cracking the uh the wall the plaster the the paint around my you know showers or wherever the steam is going up um all of these things to to create uh issues in my house i want to see a tool show that tells me how to do it safely which i, I feel like i would trust not- al to to tell me okay okay I'm, just, I'm saying i can think of a lot of tool shows you could watch where you could learn to do it safely and i would not list tool time as one of them like tool time <laughs> I, if you if you like if you get it on video and you like pause and carefully take notes on the four or five words that al is able to get in before tim cuts him off to make a joke or blow something up yeah yeah you might learn something maybe Again, that would be a benefit of having them on video is that i could go frame by frame rather than having to just catch a rerun three I, months I, later it's it's just i don't know it's it's like it's like jogging wearing a weighted vest like you're just adding more difficulty to the process <laughs> <laughs> like just take off the vest just watch bob vila 
I'm I am sorry. I mean, it's a good though. question. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your dry your dry house and your dry nose though. That that does suck. I don't want to make light I mean, of it's, your crisis. It's not. No, it's not a crisis at all. It's it's it, it's just what comes with winter. But um, mm-hmm. I would. I'm sure there are ways. You know, they talk about you know showering with your door open so that the steam enters into your room. But I'm like, mm. how long is that really? gonna keep the air moist huh yeah and, and and what if you have guests also i mean that's a good way to make friends i guess but uh <laughs> well oh truman landon um look i i could talk about uh binford's uh marketing strategies and you showering with the door open all day long but um i, I think we do something else on this podcast we do as we said we we watch an episode of home improvement and uh this week we watched episode six Oh, yes. Truman, did we ever. Do you have a synopsis for us? Oh, I have a synopsis. And is it uh, is it in rhyme? No. Is it a series of small poems? No. It's just some words explaining what happened this week. I'm Perfect. sorry, folks. I know you've come to expect better. Um, and as soon as my computer comes back online, I will read it to you. On the... <laughs> On the spookiest, most pranktacular night of the year, Tim goes to Wilson's Halloween party and meets his new girlfriend, Agatha, a literal witch. After Tim advises Wilson to break up with Agatha, Wilson goes missing, and when the police arrive to investigate, all the clues point them to Tim. And now I'm just Uh nodding at the microphone, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. (laughs) I mean, I have a... Million and one questions for I, I, this episode. Just, just this, this question is a glass onion, really. It's just mysteries on mysteries. <laughs> it's but a real before we do that, town. the w- biggest mystery is what is this title? And Truman, do you want to wager a guess? I, I do. None of my guesses are it. I just want to tell you now. I think all of the yes, every one of my guesses is a, a very dense reference to something that came out at least ten years after this show went off the air. So <laughs> I'm glad Perfect. we don't play the Chalupa game anymore because it really frees me up to be just just even dumber than I have been before. Um, first option is the witch spelled with two V's, a Michigan prank tale. <laughs> any any eggers heads any eggheads out uh-huh, there know uh-huh, what I'm after. Uh-huh. That's that's me. Yeah, I'm here I'm raising yeah. my hand. Yeah, okay, yeah, great movie, right? Living deliciously over here. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess I guess Mozart the the talking parrot is the Black Philip of this of this episode. There um, you go. Second option: Law and Order Special Victims Unit. <laughs> yeah, I think I earned that snort. I feel good about that one. <laughs> This is so dumb. Yeah, it is, right? I'm free, Landon, at last. Okay. I'm afraid you have more. Oh, yes, I, ha- I have one more, and I do believe I taught myself in terms of dumbness. So uh, <laughs> um, uh, strap in, get ready oh, for Tim Practical Jokers. Yeah, you know? I think this is the sort of thing the Jokers would get up to. Um, they they oh. got a movie. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. So now that I've wounded you, Landon, um, <laughs> what is the title actually? Do you? I mean, give me a cl- clue I'm, if you want, but I am pretty dumb. I'm, I am going to give you a clue, and I'm going to give you. I'm going to. I'm recycling a clue because we're all about reduce, reuse, recycle over yeah, here. Yeah, in Randy's memory, we're trying to do what's right for the Earth. Uh, the clue that I gave you in episode three was it's the same name as a classic TV show. 
the same name as a classic TV show. Um, uh, Bewitched? Bing, 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 bing. Oh, who's dumb now? I am the king, to quote so many characters in this episode. (laughs) Bewitched aired on October 27th, 1998. Directed by Jeffrey Nelson. He is going... 100 for 100 Oof, this good. season. I, how do stats work? I don't know. They get this uh, man a cake, I guess, yeah. <laughs> written by Jennifer Salata and Adam England. Um, getting getting rid of the, the first-time writers to step in for the uh, staple episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Sherman, how did you feel about this episode? Mm, it uh it promised something interesting in the cold open that i really liked which was the premise of a halloween episode in which tim is insecure that his ability to spookify and terrify the people around him with elaborate pranks is on the wane um and then they just kind of drop that and do a rehash of an episode from i feel like a couple years ago uh it it, my it, it it felt sloppy in a way that last week's episode mm-hmm. did, and um, more yeah. than more than anything else, uh, Tim Allen was quarter assing it in this episode. He was fifteen percent assing his performance. <laughs> Again, I have questions. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, big time questions. Yeah, I, I you know I I just I think that the biggest issue with this episode is that. And we've talked we've talked about this before. How much characters on sitcoms love playing elaborate, insane pranks on each other, like just to a degree yeah. that I mean, I get that TV isn't real life. I've I've learned that painstakingly over the course of thirty four years, but <laughs> I I still like the the biggest disconnect is just how much normal everyday ordinary people with jobs and responsibilities are willing to drop everything to play a huge prank on one of their friends to get yes. like one second of reaction. <laughs> So these and episodes I'm, are always I'm, weird. Oh, 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 now, one second of reaction, but one year of bragging rights. Yeah, and and until the cha- until the gauntlet is thrown down again. I mean, I get, but also it seems like people, especially on this episode, <laughs> put so much stock in being the king of pranks. And not just Tim, but, like, Wilson and Jill, who have better shit to do, more important shit in their (laughs) lives than being able to, like, like, can you... You gotta cut loose sometimes, and if if it's pulling one over on Tim, I'm all there for it. I'm just just picturing Jill in, like, May, in, like, the break room at the psychology clinic or whatever, like, giggling to herself and elbowing one of her friends and saying, you know, I was just thinking about in October, we made Tim think that that his best (laughs) friend, our neighbor, was murdered, like, I actually, my husband, I had a bunch of guys come. I paid like like $2,500 for these three actors to play detectives. And I made him think that he was going to spend the rest of his life I in mean, jail and never see his kids again. Oh, why, wait, well, Susan, why are you leaving? What's wrong? I mean, you, okay. That's not a scenario in which someone would use the bragging rights. Okay, okay. Sure. When is the scenario? Trying to rent a car? <laughs> Trying to get a, an upgrade on a hotel room at a travel lodge? When does this apply? <laughs> like, unless you're auditioning to be one of the impractical jokers on TBS, there is no use for these bragging rights. It's it's to hold it over your loved one. I, they, you, it, every time that they try to do something, you know, you're, you're like bring it up you you'd say oh yeah like that time that you thought that wilson's wilson was murdered by a witch is that what you mean is that why you feel so smart right now 
So okay, so it's just so it's just a way to be a shitty spouse yes. and friend and and family yes. member. Okay, it's a way to terrorize the people closest to you in a way that makes them know they will never truly be safe and can never fully trust. Okay, <laughs> exactly, I, exactly. Okay, okay. I, I guess this I this makes a little more sense to me now. Um, I I don't know. I I, I guess just the point is a prank episode of a TV show. It hangs entirely on the subject of the prank, us believing that he is completely enraptured, hook, line, and sinker, fully believes that these things are happening, and our fun, if we know it's a prank ourselves as the audience, the fun is in watching him get wrapped up in it. And Tim Allen is playing this one like Miles Davis. He is not too upset (laughs) about any of it, and so it just makes the whole episode feel like kind of a waste of time. It's it's a messy episode. I will 100% grant you that. Um, There are so many plot holes, so many questions I have. As you said, I I almost concur with everything you said for your personal reflections. Are you saying we agree? So I'm trying to think of what we agree and we are in agreement. Beautiful. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what I would add to that. It, it's like the the premise that's set up of... Okay, so I, as many of our listeners have said, and I agree, growing up watching the Halloween episodes of things was the greatest. Mm-hmm. Like, I, for some reason in my mind, Home Improvement was one of the top of the top. Yeah. I, I, after seeing them all now... Because this is our last Halloween episode. Weird. I'm not sure I agree with that. What? Wait, you think there's another... You think there's... Okay, you don't... You disagree that... This, you don't agree with the fact that this is our last Halloween episode, or you don't agree that the Halloween episodes were that great? <laughs> I don't agree that it's the top of the top when it comes to Halloween episodes. I will I will give it... They've got the spirit, for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe not as much this year as in previous years, but the... I mean, is it... But are, are you maybe saying that because you've just... You've absorbed so many... Halloween episodes of shows coming out of like like the the more recent golden age of TV when suddenly shit was just getting better and there was more budget put into it and the writing was better like I you well, know I mean like okay in the 90s like when Halloween came around there were it, it almost was like who is going to be the king of the Halloween episode this year I is it going to be home improvement is it going to be Roseanne I mean Inevitably, at least for the first ten years, it was always The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh yeah, no, hand, hands down, Treehouse of Horror, The Shining <laughs> alone, yeah. But but those weren't. I mean, the that was a completely different thing. That was an anthology outside of canon. Mm-hmm. You know, that was yeah. just them having fun. Sitcoms, the Halloween episodes were a hundred percent about pranks. Yeah, and I remember. I, I, I'm questioning, you know, the the rosy glasses I'm putting on this memory, but. Um, an episode of Roseanne that was similarly structured to this, where it's like people one-upping each other, and you know it, it was season to season, but the the one particular episode was just like I got this on you, I got this on you, I got this on you, to the point where in the stinger, Roseanne's like, "You motherfuckers!" She pulls a like a blow box uh, <laughs> out from underneath the sink, you know, just one of those old timey pressed down levers that mm. you. <laughs> explode and the yeah. house just just you know <laughs> erupts into an explosion like that was funny to me <laughs> okay no but uh, that's that's funny to me right now having never heard of this before though that is actually hilarious and i wish that i, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna do a halloween episode you should do like the simpsons go completely out of canon and just like 
have have um have Mark actually kill uh Tim yeah. and uh, Tim and Jill. <laughs> you know, like have have the house actually blow up and everyone die. Fuck it. That's way better than this. <laughs> well, and so that that gets me to the point of this episode where it's like they they almost initiate a game of one-upsmanship, mm-hmm. but it's not really set up well enough and it's not like I almost wish they were pulling on the previous you know six seven years of Halloween episodes for them to you know at the beginning of the episode everyone but Tim is like we have to fucking get Tim's goat this year Mm -hmm. Uh, he is not going to be the king any longer you know let's put an end to this yeah and they come up with this scheme and you know yada yada we watch the rest of the episode Instead, it's like we're we're hit with the premise of, okay, I'm not my scares aren't scarifying anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I you know I'm gonna have to one up myself until I actually can scare someone. But then, yeah, as you said, that's thrown out the window in the Tool Time episode. And so then, like as a viewer, I don't know where I'm left anymore uh, yeah. with what what's going on. And so once we get thrown over to Wilson's. I have questions and, you know, we'll get to them in the deep dive. But, um, yeah, ultimately, I, I feel like this is your last Halloween episode and this is what you gave us. I, I guess it also brought the question, though, of I'm not sure that they knew that this was the end for them yet. Like, do you think that they put this together not knowing that this is going to be the last Halloween episode? I feel like they would have done more. I, I, I have to agree with you. Honestly, they must not know. Maybe Maybe they did half a se- maybe like at mid season was when they decided this would be the last season or something but like mm. i i cannot imagine them putting this out thinking it was going to be their last bite at the uh uh bobbing for apples at a halloween party i i just it's <laughs> i yeah, i don't know that that's that's the most charitable explanation was they thought they they kind of thought they were going to have another sh- swing at this um yeah i don't know i don't know weird episode it felt very long also it did it did feel and i think that comes down to the pacing but yes pacing and very weird structure like the fact that yeah. i so many times oh based on this plot point i think we're at this point in the episode oh wait now the episode's about something new we're starting over i guess yeah <laughs> yeah all right well let's uh let's hide our fake plastic heads and uh place our hands in the guillotine and try not to scream on the rack uh, hold on a second. Yeah, no problem. Sorry, I've got uh, someone's at the door. No, that's cool. Yeah, go for it. I, I'm I'm good. You can even hang up if you want. No, no, no. It's okay. I'm just expecting a package, and let me just check my video doorbell. I live in a in front of a bus stop, so I don't like to leave Ooh. things out out there. Yeah, no. That I, listen, I've 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 been on some buses. I know what those people are like. Uh. There's a There's someone holding my box just staring into the camera like their face is like inches from the camera. I I mean this is not a Halloween prank. I'm just telling you. I'm not pulling this on you. Hold on. I, I let me I can talk through my doorbell. Just give me a second. Yeah. <clears throat> uh hey man, you could just leave it there. I'll get it in a minute. And now we wait. Dude, what the? He just he just smashed my box on the ground. What the fuck? And kicked it. Great. What the hell? <laughs> He's taunting the camera. Should Wait. I call the cops? 
What? Yeah. What the fuck is? I mean, I don't. He's oh, he's holding up a note. It says Truman is gullible. Oh, you piece of shit! That's right. Oh, I'm the king of the deep dive, of... baby. Oh my god! Why did I hear a fuck? <sighs> Are you gonna lord this over me forever? Are you gonna? Are you just, fucking just oh, the next year? You, oh my god, dude! This is our last one. We're, we're, I don't know if we're gonna be making the podcast in a year. You're gonna hold this over me forever. Oh my! Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, look. The beauty of that, though, is that I, I mean, aside from the fact that I heard your doorbell ring, I don't think that cost you anything. So I mean, uh, yeah, no, it did not cost. Well, me I mean, it, I mean, it cost you the trust of of presumably one of your closest friends. I mean, I'll never fully believe anything you say to me again. Uh, that you know, that's the risk you run. I realize that. <clears throat> Man, uh, okay, well, well, all right. I guess I'm going to go into the rest of this episode now. I feel like it's Halloween. Honestly, I'm I'm going to be jumping at shadows. The, I'm every every You're weird in the spirit. twist in the episode. Great. Okay, we're good. We're having a great time. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> It's good to be the king, man. Well done. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh my god. Um, my, should we, my, should my we jump? Is, my heart is racing, though. <laughs> this, let's j- jump into this episode. I'll I'll get us started off. Uh, the episode starts uh, with Mark and, and Brad. Hey, Mark is in this season. Yeah, uh, it seems like, yeah. For, for, for just a, coming a, a down, glimmer. Just, oh my god. Not even a joke assassin, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, they come down, they're on their way out the door, presumably to school, and uh, Tim's like, well, why don't you grab a drink before you go? And uh, they head over to the garage, uh, the garage, the, the refrigerator where, oh, look at that, there's just a bunch of severed heads stored in there. What is the refrigerator if not a garage for food, you know? <laughs> really makes me think. Uh, the heads don't phase them at all. Brad throws it to Mark like a soccer ball, and Tim's like, oh, God, you, oh, God, I didn't get you. Uh, they leave. Jill comes down. Um, Jill's uh, in a panic again, probably going to school and exam. Maybe she has her first patients. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when Tim's like, oh, you should have some uh, tea before you go. She gets the kettle, puts it under the sink. And um, as soon as she turns on the water, but up jumps a bloody thing. Uh, I don't know don't what quite... it's supposed to be. Just a... <laughs> we, don't, we don't quite get to see what it is. Uh it... <laughs> Yuck. Sorry, I'm watching it as we're watching this. Uh, she's like, oh my god, it's Halloween. Right, yes, I forgot. Oh, but no, that didn't scare me. Um, she's trying to rush out the door because she has to pick up the costumes for Wilson's uh, costume party. And as she opens the door to the garage, uh, lightning machine strikes and a uh, corpse falls down from a noose. Mm-hmm. And she pretends to be scared and then heads out. Yeah, to, like protect, to, to try and protect Tim's self-esteem because Tim is feeling bad that nobody's into it. Oh God, I'm I, I'm so scared. Oh. Yeah, you know that one got me. Oh, that was really good, honey. Um, might be honestly my favorite moment in the episode. Maybe we'll find another one as we go. But I really, I really liked <laughs> just her one reaction there of like faking being I, scared. Yeah, I have I have one or two moments that I want to pull out of this episode that I don't know I thought were just kind of absurd, and mm-hmm. I like it for that reason. But anyway, uh, they're not in this scene, so let, let's let's crack this thing open. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now look, this is this is the the promise of a much better episode of yes. Tim planting scares and just the fact that he has been doing this for so long that everyone is used to it. And then but then also the idea of his family 
sympathetically acting scared by things and Tim trying to figure out if people are actually scared by like there's yeah this could be so funny I would have loved that episode uh yeah I mean because then it allows you to go through each cast member individually and and see what happens or what doesn't happen and you know that's where I would buy spoiler alert for the end of this episode but it's not really a spoiler because it happens at the end of every fucking Halloween episode where Tim can't have one put over on him yep and so It's that's the the storyline in which I would believe Tim is pretending to be bad at jokes so that at the end of it, he can pull over his master plan on everybody simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, that would be a worse version, but still a much better version than than this like that. Yeah, yeah, I I. Because, I mean, it's it's funny when, like, Mark and Brad see the heads and are just like, oh, that's cute. And then when the thing pops up out of the sink, Jill is like, oh, no, that's nice, honey. That's adorable. And, like, just how everyone has gone from being scared by his pranks to just finding them kind of endearing uh, personality quirks. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed. It's, I don't know. Um, But as far as this scene goes, I mean, okay, we we can't just glaze over the fact that Mark... <laughs> is appearing for the first time i think since adios <laughs> this is yeah he went three episodes without being on the show he it, it is it is the fact that i mean that a his whole thing last season was that he was a goth and now he's basically stopped being a goth stopped being yeah. on the show and also there was a whole episode last year about how he's spooky and creepy and loves horror movies and he just is really uninterested in Halloween does not participate in the Halloween prank at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he just must be living such a rich life off wherever he is, whatever he's doing. <laughs> I will. I, you know, the, the thought entered my head today where I'm like, is Taron Smith getting the same paycheck <laughs> as the other boys? Like I, if, if he's not getting, if he's getting the same payday as Brad, like, yeah, <laughs> I would not be complaining too much. I mean, obviously, especially if he doesn't have any ambition of doing anything after the show, he's just like, "Fucking hey, man, you're gonna give me, give me, give me a paycheck for just saying two lines." Yeah, yeah. If he's got some kind of side hustle or something going, he could be making bank. He could be, you know, retired very early in his life. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. When I keep seeing it, I'm just thinking like he must just be in school. Like, or has some sort of arrangement to just not be on the show very much because he has some other thing he's doing. Because it's it's a, a, a lot of weird, conspicuous absence, especially now that there are fewer characters on the show. You, I sort of was expecting that there would be suddenly more Mark. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, fill that vacuum with something, but apparently not. I mean, he it feels like he even gets less lines in this than normal. Like... As we've talked about, he's the joke assassin. There's really not even a joke that he delivers here. You know, you said fill that vacuum, and I, I hearken back to season one when Randy almost gets sucked into a vacuum. But now that Randy <laughs> isn't there to get sucked into a vacuum, Mark could literally yeah. fill that vacuum if only they would give him the chance. I also think it was Mark that almost got sucked into the vacuum. Well, then all the more reason that Mark should be filling the vacuum. <laughs> he was born to, f- to fill vacuums. <laughs> And also, he's bigger now, so he can fill the vacuum more effectively. It's it's nothing but wins. Um, but yeah, I I agree. Weird to just to just get a glimpse of Mark and then uh, and then nothing else. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know what else. Uh, what else from this scene? I mean, d- it jumped out for you or or did it for you? Uh, well, okay. Since it's Halloween stuff, um, worth mentioning that you know, 
as we said, we reduce, reuse, recycle here on this podcast. I guess on Save some level, I like that they bought a severed head in season one and they've used it <laughs> for eight seasons. Exactly, exactly. That, look, look, cutting corners on, on severed head budgets is how they were able to get enough money to keep Tim Allen coming back for eight years. Um, the other thing is, I don't, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't expect anyone to watch as closely as I have with this, but like when the Tremors like you know the tongue of the tremor comes out of the garbage disposal at jill yeah when the when the like flesh colored cylindrical bloody object comes out of the the <laughs> the tube yes yeah it's i think it's one of the first times on the show that you can see the um the special effects like how they do oh. it like it it shoots out and you can see it's just like a a rigged um and a thing on an air compressor that has a an additional spring on the top of it that once it's you could see like the spring was held down when it was in the disposal but once it was out of the disposal the spring let go and shot the thing into the air yeah and you I don't know you just clear clearly see it it just seems surprising because the show's got so many special effects and I've never seen one before. I mean, again, this could also be a plot point of Jill being like, oh, wow, that's cool, Tim. I normally don't see the launcher effects that you use to do these things. He's like, oh, I'm losing my touch. What do I do? Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, last year was, or was it two years ago, we got the the corpse uh, draping down from the the ceiling in the garage. So Mm -hmm. they just (laughs) pulled that one back out again. So I I guess in, in some way it's like he is recycling the same scares over and over and over again. It kind of, the fact that he's doing that, holds true to this initial problem that he has but you know it, get it, one more scene in and we're gonna lose that problem real quick th- th- this is like a greatest hits montage of all of tim's uh all of tim's best bits from uh <laughs> all of his best scares from years past uh we get a weird goat looking like it's gonna eat tim's shoulder uh turning into a coffin that says r.i.p and a bunch of bats fly at us into the theme song yep and and the theme there is like a there's like the uh the halloween organ riff that plays as we go into the theme song and it kind of trails into the opening moments of the theme song and i thought for a brief second are we gonna get a spookified uh home improvement Ooh, theme no i wish god no. just just the uh you know four horror themed photo shoots of al like al in a hockey mask <laughs> you know al as uh, jack torrance with the axe al Ooh, and just yeah. so many good good options oh, al and his wolfman get up uh, you know, with his shirt untucked, uh, you know, unbuttoned. Yeah, down, just hairy chest. Yo, I mean, yeah, e- easy, easy. Now this isn't the Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> so from this, we go to Tool Time, where to- it's they're talking about torture chambers. It's torture chamber week on Tool Time. The salute to torture, I guess. And Tim and Alan Heidi are all in costumes, which we will discuss at some length. Tim tries to put a positive spin <laughs> on alternative uses for a bunch of torture chamber uh, uh, accoutrement, and uh, he also has a very clearly fake hand, which gets chopped off uh, by a guillotine, and Al is nonplussed by this, and then uh, is going on and on about how that's not very scary, and then he gets scared by a hand reaching up out of the ground for him. <laughs> Tim, um, Tim pulls a carry on him. Yep. <laughs> uh, carry on my wayward Al. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so, so I don't know what the deal is with tool time segments anymore. I, I just don't. I really, I think, I was thinking about this today. I guess, I mean, yeah. I, 
obviously it stands to reason that they shoot the tool time segments, probably a bunch of them back to back. But this season, especially it feels like they spent a week shooting nothing but tool time bits with no (laughs) real sense of where they would go. Other than that, this one will go in the Halloween episode, you know, but okay, let's get some bits of there's a van and they're driving around in a van. Okay. That's like six minutes of episode. Okay. We can put that in somewhere. Like, it's just. I mean, I, I don't think that's the case because, as we mentioned last week with the van, I said that they were probably doing something with the set that mm. they couldn't use it for. So, I mean, they're certainly not redressing this, you know, in an hour so that they can come back out and film some stuff. But, God, uh, the- I mean, I, your your point is taken though. If like the tool time episodes are just completely disconnected from the rest of the ep- you know, rest of the. Yeah, it, it, home improvement episode. It, it's like, listen, listen, folks. Only, only uh, early two thousands kids or nineties kids will get this. You know how you're watching Cow and Chicken, and then in the middle of the Cow and Chicken episode, there's a little short about I am Weasel. The Tool Time segments are kind of that. It's an unrelated short <laughs> comedy bit that pops up unexpectedly in the middle of your show. I, I think for eighties kids and nineties kids, uh, it's like itchy and scratchy. It's just mm. a, a little bit of mayhem. Right in the middle of your other wise family comedy. That's uh, I, that is actually a very good point. It is often quite violent and disturbing in its own way, and uh, <laughs> it, and it is a TV show within the world of the show. Um, I but also for the amount of work that they did in dressing this set and getting costumes for Tim and Heidi and Al, they then there's a cut in the middle of this. They talk about yeah. the, the medieval rack and how you can use that to stretch out a sweater that's been messed up. And then we get like a kind of an awkward tool time transition just in the middle of the scene that is just very much thrown in there because yep. they cut a bunch of stuff out and they go to Al getting pranked Did, by the guillotine. They, they, you know, unfortunate cutting of stuff out because they had to just make sure they crammed as much hand gags in there as possible with Tim and this fake hand. Yes, and they also needed to make they also needed to make room for later in the episode when we get a whole lot of Tim walking through doorways or trying to at least bits. Um <laughs> yeah, I I don't so it's just it seems like a, a lot of effort went into building this out but then they wound up cutting it so much that I don't think the joke truly landed cuz I know. Like it didn't. And I mean the the premise of it Okay, I I'm a little like Maybe this is nitpicky and it it's amounts to nothing, but like it's podcasting. They're doing a salute to medieval tools. None of these are tools. What? Like yeah. there there were tools that made these things. Yeah, but at least, none yeah. of these are actually tools because they've talked about medieval tools before, like the ads or whatever. Uh, yeah. that, that he gets that he quizzes uh, uh, Bob Vila about. It's. The, the fact that they choose to just talk about torture implements and that Tim also is really going to bat for torture implements, calling it a room of misunderstood machines. And he explains when Al objects to this, to a tool man, there's no bad machines, just bad people. And who oh boy, does that line up with certain <laughs> things that Tim Allen believes and espouses today uh, in a way that I don't, that, that just makes me tug at my collar and produce an anime sweat drop. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just sort of weird to talk about torture implements a lot. <laughs> yes. And then yeah. to also take the stance of like, hey, if you've got some torture devices, here's other stuff you can do with them because torture devices aren't all bad. Like, I, I didn't know that yeah. was a fight we needed to have. That's a weird hill no, to die on. Well, which which is, I don't know, just 
Like, I get if Tool Time wants to do a Halloween episode, like, let them do a Halloween episode and I'll enjoy that. But I, I don't know. There, it's just, it's stretching the... Sweater? I don't know. The, the, like the rack. It's stretching the believability of why this show is even on the air in this fictitious world that we have. Yes. Like, I, none, none of it really makes sense. And, you know, like I said, this is getting nitpicky, but like... If they had just set it up a little bit differently by saying it's tool time and, you know, here on tool time, we love our Halloween, you know, like that, that would be enough for me to not really even second guess what's happening on screen now. And and that may have been there. There may have been like more to this that that kind of set it up <laughs> better or framed it. Yeah. And I think it just got it got sliced and diced. Uh, it, well, it got okay. butchered and murdered. Let, let's. Uh, setting those annoying details aside, let's get to the actual fact here, which is like Tim is still kind of struggling with, um, oh, my scares aren't scarifying anymore. And mm -hmm. he, you know, Tim comes out and Al immediately says, what's up with your hand? Mm -hmm. Which is taking away the the scare, if you will, mm -hmm. that. Tim is going to put his hand in the gu guillotine and it get chopped off. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, Tim, you know, bashes it two seconds later with a mace mm -hmm. just to, to make his point. And so we all know that his hand is going to get chopped off in the guillotine. I mean, yes. that's just telegraphing one one Yeah. It's Chekhov's um, guillotine. Yeah. So to me, it, it, I, this is where the questions start to arise for me is like, Tim does that knowing that, uh, he's going to get the reaction of, oh, my scares aren't scarifying anymore. Boo-hoo, woe is me. And Al's like, oh, no, it was scary. It, was, it wasn't an audience. Mm -hmm. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, Tim, you're so horrifying. God, that would be so and, funny. Uh, Sympathy claps from the audience. That would be great. <laughs> then then Al reaches down and grabs it. Like, I, I don't, the, the, the alchemy of all of that just doesn't work for some reason. I don't, mm -hmm. I, And I don't know which element of it isn't working if it's like the fact that tim is sad about not being scary anymore doesn't congeal with the fact that they call out the fake hand to begin with or if they didn't call out the fake hand to begin with and it chops it off and then no one responds to it then he could be genuinely dejected but then once the other hand comes out of the bottom of the basket and scares al then it would be satisfying. Like, I don't quite know what the right combination of it is, but it's not this. Yeah, I think that, I, I think one part of the combination that, one ingredient in this witch's brew that makes it uh, a little, even less appetizing than a witch's brew normally is, is that Al is being, like, uncharacteristically mean and and kind of angry, which I'm not, I don't mind. Like, I always love to see Al get one over on Tim, but they're all wearing Halloween costumes, clearly talking about frivolous stuff. And Al mm -hmm. still has this attitude of like, oh, Tim, this is the dumbest prank in the world. Can we please get back to business? And it's like, what are you actually trying to get to here? It's all gags. This whole epic, you're dressed as like a pirate or something. We still haven't talked about the right. costumes. But yeah, and <laughs> he's not, he's, he's just like a, I don't know. He's wearing like a tunic. Tim is dressed of the aristocracy. I guess. Uh, you know, like, the Debbie Dunning's kind of the, the I don't know, uh, somewhere like, between Marionette, Mary uh, Antoinette. Or or, and, or Marionette, like a spooky puppet lady, but yeah. Mary, well, Marie Antoinette and uh, uh, a wench. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, the, they are 
They are the most, they are three very half-assed costumes. These costumes about match Tim Allen's performance (laughs) later in the episode. They just kind of like, they they look a little bit eccentric enough to be costumes, but it's not really clear what any of them are going for. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just kind of general medieval. I I guess, and I guess because they're in a torture chamber. Man, it's still weird. So many weird choices. Why do we have to think about it this much? I guess we do it to ourselves. I want to get to the next scene because I have so many questions about what – because, okay, so that basically wraps up. The first scene and that scene wraps up Tim being sad that he's not scary anymore. As soon as the thing grabs grabs, uh, Al, he's yelling, I'm the king. I'm still the king. Yeah, and everyone's cheering for him. And so now we start (laughs) minute five of the episode, and we're in Wilson's backyard. Episode two begins now. Like, okay, I don't know what, I'm not moored to anything anymore. It's Halloween. That's about all I know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, why is Tim chopping wood in Al's backyard? I don't know. Or Al Wilson's. Oh my God. Dollar in the jar. Oh man. That's We're inventing jars that we didn't even have for, we didn't have problems that needed (laughs) these jars before. Yeah. Tim is chopping wood for Wilson's party and he's, and he informs us of this by saying, oh, I'm almost done chopping wood for your party, Wilson. And it's like, wait, why? And yeah, I didn't really think until now, like, wait, why does he need firewood for his Halloween party? They That never comes back. <laughs> it's just an excuse for him to have an axe and be chopping wood. But Wilson then mentions to Tim, I'm really excited for you to come to the party tonight. You can meet the woman I've been dating, um, which is like <laughs> dropping a nuclear bomb on us uh, in terms of what this means for the show and the characters. Um, Wilson also has a parrot out there in Mozart who's mimicking what Tim says. And then when Wilson is looking away, Tim makes it, uh, he has pulls out a prank foot with the axe buried in it and starts screaming. And Wilson freaks out and is trying to call 911. And then Tim shows that it was a prank. And, um, and you know, and is once again yelling, I'm the king, I'm the king. There's so much stuff happens in this scene. So yeah. many different and bits. There, there's not going to be a single way to uh, take us sequentially through this episode. So we're just going to have to spoil things now. And yeah, because I have to ask questions. Yeah, ask so questions. Obviously, per your synopsis, kind of, uh, they're pulling a big one over on Tim in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. But which so, you've seen and, before. Specifically, Wilson is. Mm-hmm. Wilson wants to be the king. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to be the and king. And so here's my biggest question and problem with this particular episode is, Wilson, if the, his plan is going to fruition, has to have started before the scene in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he's got the parrot out there. Uh, you know, he's got machinations happening because... I mean... No, Wilson is the sort of dude who would just buy a parrot on spec. I mean, he dude well, has and he's a lot had of one before. Yeah, but but I don't know. We needed it to be set up for later on for Tim to be spooked by the parrot once he enters in to the murder scene. Mm, fair, fair. So Wilson is is clearly doing setup here, but there's so he wants to be king before Tim even pulls the 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 old axe in the foot routine on him. I mean, I mean, yes, I don't think that's super unbelievable, given that Wilson does live next door to Tim and put up with a fair amount of Tim's shit. It's not out of the question that he would like narratively. Yes, it would be better if we saw his motive for wanting to be the king and then immediately flowed into him setting up the plan. But um, it's not 
I, I don't necessarily need to see that to know that Wilson wants to one-up Tim. No, I agree with you. It's just the way that this unfolds is like Wilson then does this big to-do about maybe having a heart attack. He's just very awkwardly holding mm-hmm. his hands over his face. Uh, and like, it just, he he's chastising Tim. Like, something just doesn't quite, like, I, I feel like, Wilson needs to have a real big scare, like a close, oh my God, I could have had a heart attack moment. Yeah. Tim needs to be put in his place yeah. for it to have any kind of catharsis at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's true. Like it needs to be something, like this seems like something that Tim came up with on the fly. It's not even really a super like elaborately thought out thing. Yeah, yeah. right. I, it just, it's, it is, I don't know, it's just sloppy. I, and also, uh, uh, Earl Hindman's performance here, responding to what he thinks is uh, his close friend and neighbor having buried an axe in his foot, is very realistic, very whole-assed, and it is kind of an yeah. example of, like, I, like, I almost feel bad for Wilson, like, oh, you seem genuinely concerned for him, I'm so sorry. And it's like, we get... Again, we get none of this from Tim later in the episode when he seems to genuinely believe that Wilson has been murdered by a witch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's true. And, and there, there's something that's uh, the disparity between the reality of, my God, you've chopped your foot off. Uh, you know, the, the, the heart attack inducing scenario that Tim has created for that versus... He, she he was hexed by a witch mm-hmm. like it's it's like the absurdity of that i don't know the the two things just don't mesh together very well uh, yes yes i agree it is uh, that i think i think i don't know we'll, we'll call it out when we get to it but i think that the introduction of a witch is kind of the beginning of episode three or four. And then the the introduction of police <laughs> who are going to arrest Tim because the witch is framing him for murder and is secretly a crime scene technician is like episode six or seven at that point. I mean, there's <laughs> there are so many different ideas. Just this is this episode is the laundry sack in which different ideas have been bound up to fight. It's it's just uh, okay. I mean. They're yeah, out there. Let's just go to the next scene. Oh, okay. Or, well, I, do you have do you have more for that scene? Other than just the fact that okay, well, a Wilson says I'm excited for you to meet my girlfriend at this party, and Tim goes, "Yeah, she seems great. Don't marry her. You haven't even met her. Doesn't matter. Just don't do it." Oh like, yeah. Which is kind of the one non-prank based, non-Halloween based joke in this, and it's just that they took a hard turn into like, yeah, never get married. <laughs> I don't know. It it felt yeah no you're I mean you're it, not wrong it it was definitely like oh, okay that came out of nowhere it, it was very just kind of like a a quick uh, detour into the borscht belt before we get back on uh, Spookyville Lane. <laughs> My um, wife take her yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, I, I, yeah I don't know just I I just want to bask in the craziness of this scene in which this like minute long scene where we learn that Wilson has a girlfriend and we're gonna meet her. Uh, we learn that Wilson has a talking parrot who's repeating everything they say and that Tim pretends to chop his own foot off. I mean, it's just a lot of shit to jam into one scene. It's a <laughs> lot of hats on top of hats. Uh, y- you feel a little bit dizzy afterwards. Yeah, you do. You do. But li- let's go to the let's go to Wilson's party. OK. Um. Oh, God. We're at Wilson's party. We start with just some establishing shots of people at this party oh my god uh, <laughs> picture star wars cantina I, I, honest star wars came to mind for me too 
Um, Tim and Jill arrive. Jill is a witch. Uh, Tim is dressed as a flying monkey. Um, discussion to be had about that. Wilson looks a lot like Captain Morgan. Discussion to be had about that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> they meet uh, They meet with uh, Wilson's lawyer who is there, and they talk about how he's helping him redo his will. Wilson introduces them. Uh, Al comes in dressed as a butterfly and does some bits with Tim. That's the scene. Uh, yeah, it, this is one of those like split scenes where it, we get a wipe into like a little bit later. So mm-hmm. I think it is a good time to pause before we go to the next part because there is a lot to unpack just with that. Yeah, so you, you, you start, Landon. Dealer's choice. Let's go all over this scene. There's a lot of questions. Okay, here's my main question. Was Tim Allen secretly in a rendition of The Wizard of Oz on Broadway? I don't... That everyone but me knew about? Thank you. Oh, my God, Landon. We agree and we're in agreement. <laughs> what? Yes. He is dressed as a flying monkey, and this is tre- I This gets a bigger reaction than anything I have ever seen on this TV I, I'm show. S- I'm f- fairly certain this is the biggest reaction that the show has ever had, and I and to the point where it's like I don't. I feel like I'm missing out on an inside joke. I, it's like if he came in dressed as Buzz Lightyear, I would understand this reaction. He, folks, he the Jill walks in. To the house first. We see she's walking in front of Tim, dressed as a witch. Okay. Then Tim comes in, flying monkey with a little. He's dressed as a flying monkey with a little fez and like a monkey face mask that he on a stick that he holds up over his face and you know wings and a big tail behind him. Eighteen seconds of sustained hysterical laughter that then bleeds into. I timed it. I went back with my stop because I realized. Who else if not us? No no one else is going to gather this information and the world needs it documented. It is yeah. it starts as as just hysterical insane laughter that bleeds into cheering and applause. People are taking this as a triumph that Tim is dressed as a flying monkey from the Wizard of Oz. It's like people it's 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 like it's like uh, the crowd on Oprah when they find out they all got cars. Like the, these people I don't I don't know if they got people from like an Amish community who had like never seen a TV show or a piece of staged drama at all. I don't you're 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 hemming and hawing for me to jump in with an answer and I don't have one. I, I'm literally like out to, as out to sea as you captain by Wilson in his costume. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just it does. I, I don't I don't get it. Like there's just why is it? And I don't even, I feel like I'll break my brain if I even try to dissect this. But is it like Tim, the inner ape, is actually playing an ape finally? I I mean, but has, or, is it, or is it just that they gave the audience fucking helium? I mean, <laughs> did they, the oxygen, you know, masks from the, the, from man's dorm room was attached to each seat and they all got Frank Booth high before. I, I'm glad, I'm glad one of us brought up Frank Booth because I feel like that's the only, uh, the only way I, I don't, I really don't know. I mean, I, I am assuming that maybe they really leaned into the audience on this. Either it was, mm-hmm. either it was, they had an audience that maybe there was a large group of people in it who had been drinking previously or just the warm up guys and the were saying like you really need to give this a big reaction guys and that as they were clapping the people were just waving their arms up gesturing for more i truman landon just occurred to me yeah 
Is this another prank? W- if this is a prank, no, I'm gonna I, smack you. It's not a. <laughs> it's not a prank. I wonder if as because we started seeing reactions like this in, what a season or two ago. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Not to this extent, obviously, but you know, I feel like we started noting audience reactions outside of like the ooze. Yeah. Like, yeah, one no, or two seasons ago. I think last season, there there was an episode where I remember the audience being particularly rowdy, and we have noted it yeah. since then. They must have got a new warm-up comic. Well, so what I, I'm wondering is, as the show gets more popular, I wonder if they expand the amount of audience they can fit in to watch a taping. And I, in doing so, it requires more control of a warm-up person or the audience machines or even looping after the fact. I, I mean, look, I think, I mean, maybe looping is part of the answer because, uh, well, and because also the, the the applause grows to such a, a frenzied level and then very quickly drops so we can hear Jill's line once they finally decide the scene should go on. There's clearly been some you know, audio touch-up and editing done here. I don't know. I mean, like, I, all of that makes sense. It's just the decision for it to be 18 seconds of people <laughs> going nuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, they gave, like, seven seconds to Tim playing with the hand on Al's shoulder in the Tool Time episode. So it, True, true. A, a part of the sloppiness and weird pacing of this episode really just seems to be, like... They they both they both didn't have enough time, so they had to chop down tool time. But then, like they they, they needed to save time there. But then they also needed to add time to hit the limit because there's all these lengthy bits of that have nothing to go on. Um, uh, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna place the blame at anyone's feet just no. yet, or any one person's feet, just the show in general. Okay. Um, let's let's move on to talking about some of these other costumes. Yes. Or, or you know what? Before we do that, just keep people engaged with the, what's happening in the story. Tim and Jill come into the party. Wilson, wh- is this a scene where Wilson says that he's excited for Tim to meet his new girlfriend? Uh, he said that. He said that when they were out in the backyard chopping feet. I mean, they like. Oh, oh, this is the will. He, he has his will. Uh, yeah, that he wants him to look over. Yeah, yeah. Wilson's updating his will. Yes, he and he introduces Tim to his lawyer, who is wearing a spooky-looking mask. And Tim makes a joke about how the mask is spooky, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's it's already inherently ridiculous that you, that a legal professional is here wearing a silly mask. You don't have to say like, boy, that sure is a silly mask. Well, and the mask is like, I don't know, it, it was just a weird dead moment where it's like, it's not a character we know, it's not a mask of a famous character or no. a, a character that we would know, and it's just like skating by on this like really uncanny valley looking mask and just dead silence that can't follow Tim walking in the door. Apparently this, I think that I think that the, the pitch for this whole sequence is kind of just like, well, the costumes are going to be kind of wild. And I think that'll get us through. I mean, cause there's more effort <laughs> that more effort has been put into Tim and Jill's costumes. I think than I've seen in some years prior, like let's, Let's not forget the the episode where they're pranking the boys and Tim and Jill just come out with those like eggs, like those egg masks, like chicken looking <laughs> egg masks. Arguably my favorite Halloween episode. Um, oh my God. Like that, that was just, they bought that at a costume shop. This seems like something yeah. that was kind of designed and, and mm-hmm. these are more complex. Like one of the first masks we see, we start out looking at an alien and then the camera pans over to somebody wearing a, 
like this face mask that looks their face looks super long and like their chin is massive and elongated and a huge nose yeah. and and it and, but like the but it's like not just um I don't know like their eyes are real though and it's like it's all yeah. it's blended really well like it, surprisingly that was JTT that oh really oh my god back from the jungle wait <laughs> is this a prank Landon <laughs> King baby ah. um. Although I will say this really cracked open a memory for me that I f- had forgotten about that at this time, uh, I don't know why the mask market really exploded. These masks in particular, these really long face masks mm-hmm. were really big. Uh, we, I remember my dad came home with one actually Yeah, um, of like a, a wizard looking face uh it was kind of creepy but i was at the age where it you know wasn't scary anymore so um but yeah i i so this just was kind of a time capsule moment for me yeah it's i i don't i don't remember i mean i remember the scream masks maybe that's what did the ghost face mask it's funny you say that because i'm gonna try to send you a a screen capture of this oh boy Uh, there is for halloween (laughs) <laughs> there is a, a a scream mask in the background. Oh my god, really? Yeah, it's kind of terrifying to be it, honest it, with you. It's just he's just like everyone. Okay, this is another question I had about this party. Is like literally every single person is in a mask. How does anyone have a conversation with each other? You know, and look, this I was asking the same question when I watched Eyes Wide Shut. You know, I had issues with that movie. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> I, I don't I, I I really I admire how much everyone in this town takes uh Halloween this seriously. Like there is nobody here who is just like wearing a cowboy hat and a plastic badge and right. that's it. Every, everybody has gone. Although all I would out. have I would have welcomed Hattie any day of the week. Oh god, I would always welcome Hattie. Uh okay, I'm oh yeah, there's <laughs> Ghostface. Wow, gee, hmm, that's wait, now did you f- now, okay, Landon, is this a prank? Did you Photoshop Ghostface into the background of this to, to scarify me? I did not. Rewatch the episode. He's behind Wilson the whole scene. Uh, I'm Okay, no, I, that's going to be a prank. You're going to make me rewatch this episode, aren't you? I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, see, this is the joy of pulling a prank, is that the the you start to prank yourself. Uh, that's great. That's Congratulations, you pranked yourself. Um, look, <laughs> I, I, can we talk also briefly about Wilson? Yes, and uh, here's my my opening salvo for Wilson. Okay. Um, the previous years, the the reaction that Tim got when he walked in the door is usually reserved for what is Wilson going to do to hide his face with this costume? Yes. And we reveal Jill saying hi to Wilson and stepping back, and we see him in his Captain Hook outfit, mm-hmm. and nothing. There's not there's not even a moment crafted for there to be a reaction but the audience there's no noise at all i mean i think it's probably because the audience is not used to seeing wilson's whole face and (laughs) and doesn't know who the fuck this guy is and it it uh, it makes me matter and matter every time the show does this because they keep doing this not being able to see Wilson's whole face is one of the best, like most solid and iconic gags of this show. And the fact that they just do not understand how it works. And they seem to think that having a beard counts as hiding the lower half of Wilson's face. They've done this before and it didn't work. Then did no one write a letter? 
apparently your uh, your your time pony express didn't uh, <laughs> didn't pan out. I, I, I guess I guess I guess not. I you know, I I got a I got a letter from the future telling me that it would never work. So I, I guess I should have paid attention. <laughs> uh, and also, also look, I, I guess Captain Hook, oh yeah, that's why he has the hook on his hand. The whole time I was writing Captain Morgan, because I'm like, yeah, I guess he's standing on a barrel of rum. <laughs> you were also really drunk this weekend. I was, I mean, I'm, I am, I was also seeing a bunch of pink elephants walking around the room as I, uh, as I, as I recorded, so who knows. Um, yes, it's, so it's, I think that's why it doesn't get a reaction, is because people, like, if there, if there had been something blocking the lower half of his face, people would have reacted because they know, oh, it's Wilson, it's his bit. But showing Wilson's whole face is actually kind of like hiding <laughs> his real face. <laughs> because the fence or an obstruction is part of the face. Is, yeah, he, he's the, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, Is this better or worse than what we, having his face painted? This is, this is... Better than that, this is at least they're like maybe if we put something physically on his face, him, God, him with his face painted. What that really? I feel like that traumatized you. Why did anyone think this would work? Did faces work differently in the nineties? I was there. I should remember. Well, I mean, I it's it just how it's um, it's just amazing the choices that the show makes sometimes this this, honestly (laughs) all of tim's misogyny and all of the awful things tim has said i would take that if they would just go back and fix the wilson face gag so that we consistently never see his face i i'm sorry i'm sorry social progress i care more about (laughs) the fence wow Um, i'm sorry i Uh, i can't i just this is the thing if they're not figuring it out by now they never will (laughs) Well, apparently. Uh, I'll pull us out of this tailspin because I need to talk about Al's costume. Yes. I I, I mean, it's clear to me what it is. It's it's a butterfly. Do you want to explain it to to people? I mean, it's a a, monarch butterfly, and he's got, like, like wings, and, like, he's wearing a... What does Tim call him? Gym suit. I I didn't write down what Tim called him. He says... Yeah, what what, what is... Calls him a giant moth. A giant moth. Uh, Clearly, this is a call back to Seanzilla oh, as the Mothra. counterpart of Mothra. Of course. Of course, yes. Mothra, but- oh Mothra. If we were to call for help over time, over sea, like a wave, you'd come our guardian angel. Wow. That's that's really that's really beautiful. What's the what's the mushroom monster word that's our safe word? I uh, I have I should have written it down. <laughs> Matongo. I should I should have I should have yelled Matongo about two verses into that. <laughs> I mean, Mothra, oh Mothra, a forgotten kindness and uh, ruined Matongo. spirits. Matongo. Uh, so <laughs> we pray for the people's spirit. Matongo. As we sing this song of love. I'm done. Uh, why does Al. Okay, I don't need. To... It's not a why. Al gets a pretty big <laughs> reaction in this. It's not as big of a laugh as Tim, but it's probably five or six seconds of real hysterical laughter. And I'm, I'm also confused about that because. I mean, we know it's Mothra, us who watch the show really hard and know how uh, how Seanzilla plays into all this. But I, I don't know why, yeah. like, it's not really funny and it's not really on brand for Al to be a butterfly. Yeah, it's almost, this is, I, I guess, like, the, you know, the, the hipster critique of sitcoms of like, oh, it's just for dumb people. But in this kind of, instance i sort of feel like it is where it's just like there's not really a joke happening there's nothing it's just like 
person walks in wearing a funny costume. Yeah. Ha, 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 but ha, ha. That's okay. funny. I'm supposed to laugh. Okay. Here, uh, hear me out, though. If, okay. if Al, wearing this exact same costume, walked onto the set of Tool Time surrounded by other people dressed normally, that, I think, would have earned a laugh. Al is at a costume party, I. and we've e. just him, seen... him wearing a mouse costume to an award show? <sighs> why, why you gotta remind me of all the greatest Halloween episodes? Why couldn't that have been this season's Halloween episode? Go out on a really high <laughs> note. Like, yeah, yeah, Al, Al in a costume where no one else is in costume? Hilarious. But we've just seen a bunch of really zany costumes, so seeing Al in a costume at a costume party and the costume isn't Hattie-based, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh agreed okay yeah. let's get on with this episode we're not even halfway through it Ugh. god well fortunately it's not that dense um no. we get a we get a wipe to a little bit later in the party and wilson is introducing tim and jill to his uh new girlfriend or as he calls her special someone mm-hmm. special uh, agatha yeah a special friend agatha um who claims that she's a witch and yeah. tim laughs in her face and yep. that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> she uh she's dressed as a witch and she explains that she actually is a witch, a Dianic witch, uh, who which means is... a witch of the elements. Oh, is that do you know that from D&D or did you do research? Uh I know a few witches in my life, so no. um, oh. the fact that this I don't, is is making fun of witches is, you know, not something I was going to bring up, but since it came up, I I mean, fuck you, I, Tim. yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I I do, <laughs> listen, I also take issue with him, you know, if someone at a party told me they were a witch, I wouldn't like start mocking them to their face, nor would I even really mock <laughs> them wouldn't? behind their back. That's no, I wouldn't. I don't know. Like, not even because I'm like scared that I would get a witch's hex on me, but just because it's like, okay, well, it seems like this is important to this person. I don't know. I haven't met a lot of witches before. <laughs> and, and my girlfriend used to be into witch stuff when she was in middle school. I mean, I don't think that's like, I don't think that, that being interested in witch stuff makes well, you an inherently bad person. No. I mean, and clearly the love potion worked. I mean, well, well, I mean, I worked on her to get her to fall in love. I mean, she, I think, had to slam it herself to, you know, I was, well, uh, hour two of our first date, me talking about my home improvement podcast. I mean, the love potion was the only thing that got us over the finish line. Oh, God. Um, well, yeah, I, but yeah, she, she's the high priestess of the Society of Sisterhood Coven. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm kind of tempted by, okay, is this going to be a fun episode about learning about the Detroit witch community? And <laughs> I, I'm, which I'm sure is robust. I'm honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Tim and Tim responds to her when she says that just nothing says lovin' like something from the coven, which is I like fe- something cooking in the coven. Something which co- yeah. I mean, in of that he's making fun of her belief system sucks. Mm-hmm. Not good. The play on words of of the old catchphrase kind of clever. <laughs> I maybe, but also that then the scene. The, this scene ends with that. Like, that is the jo- Like, maybe that would be one thing if that was just a joke leading up yeah, to a bigger joke. Yeah, it's joke. not a button joke. But that's yeah. all it is. And it reminds me of last week when, when the episode just ended with Tim just doing weird alliterative runs about stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Fresh that's a good pheasant, point. fried or fricasseed. Like, okay, just, just rhyme some words. That's, that's what we're doing. Well, with, with how many wipes there are in this party scene, I feel like it was another case of like, Okay, let's get a half an hour of Tim clowning around, and we'll see how much story we have left to fit in. Yes. Be- because we, we wipe from that scene to Agatha is in the kitchen, oh, and Tim tries to enter with his 
monkey wings for what a minute and a half <laughs> did you I, I count? Think i'm still watching it uh no i did i did time that as well 30 seconds for 30 seconds like t- like it, agatha's in the kitchen and there's like a beaded you know curtain thing and tim is trying to walk into the kitchen and his his wings like block him from going through the doorway so then he tries to go through sideways and backwards and it's a whole thing and he's getting all tangled up in the beads 30 seconds of this no dialogue no no different shots just watching tim trying to go through this door 30 seconds okay i have a a couple caveats there with that and before we get to the story well uh, no i'm gonna do it now i have nothing wrong with taking time to do a physical comedy joke i I, physical comedy is great Mm -hmm. this i i'm just i'm already not sold on the premise of why this is funny yeah one thing and Tim Allen is a good physical performer. I, I will definitely give him that. But this just feels like clowning around. I mean, he's not Chevy Chase. You give him, you know, a bottle and he's going to make something funny out of it. This is just like I, I just forward wanna, reversing through the, the doorway. I want to just jump in and say that it's been about 30 seconds since the last time I said 30 seconds. So this entire time that you just have been like of the podcast going on, picture that, but just... Yeah, Tim walking in and out of a doorway, basically. I and yeah, yeah I, I agree. He's not like really a great physical comedian, so it does. And and again, there's. Well, I, oh, I think he is a, a good physical comedian. I just don't think this is good physical comedy, and it's painful to watch someone try to clown around for thirty seconds doing it. I, yeah, and I guess also because when something isn't working, it's just like, okay, you should have just like paused and found something different for this scene, or cut it entirely. And, you know, have it be a, a one second moment where you walk through the door and accidentally hit her in the face with your wings and then continue the sing, or I don't know, something like that. It, this I all I can assume, aside from that, they did this to just pad out the runtime is that maybe everyone on the crew had a fun time with Tim's outfit and he was always bumping into things and knocking stuff over. So to see like a bit about him struggling to get through this door was super, super funny to them. And they just loved it and put it in and they, and they were too close to the production to understand that there's not 30 seconds worth of larfs in that moment. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Could quite well be. Yeah. When he comes in the door, he just makes a bunch of a bunch more shitty witch jokes to her and pisses her off and he and hisses at her. Uh, oh, God, that oof. that was the most egregious part of this thing. It's like it's one thing to do it to Al. Yeah, and it sucks when he does it to Al, but he knows Al. If yeah. a fucking stranger hissed in my face after I was telling him about what I do and believe in, that would be cause for me to start a fight. And also, and I am not a physical person. And also, if a stranger hisses in your face when you are dating one of his close friends and neighbors, and this is yeah. like, and, and like that, and this is your first time meeting them. It just a completely other level of, yeah. You know, and I think part of it is just the show. I think the show just kind of saying, "Ah, oh, well, you see, this this person is a witch, therefore she's weird, and it's okay for us to act this way too." Yeah, her. it's like you the, know, the show does not take a good stance against witches. Yes, yeah, the, the, they come out very very pro torture chamber, very anti witch, and I'm I, I don't know, I have questions about that. Check your priors, home improvement. Um, <laughs> so, okay, do you want do you want to keep moving from the hiss? Have yeah, you got more? Yes. Yeah, the conversation between the two of them is just uh, Tim 
he's not even really asking anything about her. She's just saying, don't fuck with a witch. And he fucks with a witch. And she speaks in a rhyme and, and walks away. Yeah. So, by the way, the previous scene where we meet Agatha for the first time, that's the beginning of episode three, Wilson and his <laughs> witch girlfriend. So, so we're now in episode three. Yes. Um, I don't, that, that's about as much as we get from the scene do you is there anything with that that you want to touch on uh, I, I mean i feel like it's pretty straightforward i i want to i want to drop it entirely yeah all right let's just keep going then yeah um what what happens in the next scene this uh, takes us to commercial does, oh no we got a flying monkey transition to tim talking to wilson and the flying monkey gets like 45 seconds of applause this this crowd actually the live studio audience was all flying monkeys that might have been why <laughs> it, it, it did such a big thing they didn't find it offensive at all <laughs> Um, yeah, so Tim is talking with Wilson and he asks, uh, Wilson what Agatha's whole deal is and explains that he thinks that she's a nutcase and Wilson says, yeah, he's been trying to break up with her, but she just is so persistent and three times now she hasn't let him break up with her and Tim says, yeah, dude, you should just, uh, you know, break up with her, you know, just, just really, you know, I know you were waiting for my input, so break up with her and just be straightforward and worst case scenario yeah. uh, drop a house on her and um so that's uh yeah and let's keep going with the scene cuz uh, you know we we're just going to spend so much time <laughs> and picking each of these yeah individual ones uh we get a the house falling transition to Tim talking to Jill a little bit later and um he points out in the corner that Wilson's actually breaking up with uh with Agatha and uh she storms off in the background leaving Wilson kind of upset and jill says why would you meddle in their affairs Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah it's kind of jill you know the 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 actions of heavy metal have now finally come full circle and now jill is unhappy about meddling um (laughs) that was my only note for the scene really is is that yeah well i mean let's also not forget tim's tail catches on fire and that oh yeah (laughs) that happens that happens yeah um (laughs) I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have. Um, I don't really have anything. Uh, you know, we just see them in the background breaking up. Um, okay. Well, well, here this brings up another part of my question. As far as like how Wilson has orchestrated this whole ruse on Tim, pivots so much on the predictability of Tim's behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, what was t- uh, Wilson's um, backup plan if Tim didn't tell him to break up with her? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I guess, but also Wilson does know Tim better than probably anyone and has really looked into Tim's mind. He probably, like, ran computer simulations of all the different ways this would (laughs) would pan out. Wilson is the architect of the Matrix. Um, Yeah, looks good in a white suit. So we we come back home, and this brings up, I'm just kind of speeding forward here because it brings up another big question of mine where... Tim's in and he's talking to Jill and Brad comes down and well yeah let's just be clear you know Tim, they're at the party Tim's tail catches fire you know Wilson is broken up with Agatha we cut away we come back and now it's the Taylors are back at home no one's in costume anymore I'm assuming it's November 1st now is it the next day that was my other question yes yeah <laughs> and so the prank actually happens the day after Halloween therefore do you get to take credit for it Wilson uh, yeah like yeah like it's it's a multi-day prank like it's it's like it's I mean, like that's just mean you got to do it on the day otherwise it doesn't count yeah I mean look the ultimate April Fool's prank is one that you do on May 3rd nobody is gonna see that coming but it's kind of <laughs> wrong to yell April Fool's at that point yeah. um 
yeah, Wilson is supposed to have met them for dinner, uh, but he's 30 minutes late, and uh, Jill sends Tim over to see what's keeping him. Um, but yeah, this is just such a big jump to make to the next day. And then Tim gets over there and he sees that Wilson's entire place is trashed and Wilson's hat is sitting in the middle of like a witch type seance setup with what I think would be a pentagram ordinarily, but instead they have a graphic yeah. of the Illuminati symbol because I guess Disney wouldn't let a pentagram on TV. Uh, or is it just evidence that Disney is part of the Illuminati? I mean, that would be the least shocking thing ever that one of the largest... <laughs> corporations on earth that is heavily involved in media would also be aligned with the Illuminati. Like, of course, if I were the Illuminati day one, Walt Disney would be the first guy I called. Yo, you want to be in my club? <laughs> so, okay. I have one big note for the, A, I mean, they're just doing a disservice to witchery. Like what are the, they just look like, uh, oh my God, water signs. And um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to decipher what these, these runes are. These symbols are around the Illuminati. Uh, symbol here they're just like generic uh what's the word i'm looking for um you know your, your sign what's your sign yeah yeah oh, astrological, astrological signs sign. yeah yeah are they're they're basically webdings they just typed a bunch of stuff in one of the microsoft <laughs> word fonts and exactly. arranged it in a triangle <laughs> yeah. yeah i do uh, i do love this is this is kroger brand witchcraft it's just sort it of 100% none is. of the recognizable icons of it it just it feels off yeah this whole episode feels off. Um, my one note for this, though, is that as he's investigating all of this, he hears the parrot in the background um, spouting off a few things about witchcraft. And mm -hmm. Tim gets spooked and kind of tiptoes out of there really quickly. Um, yeah. Now, we've we've talked a little bit in the past. <laughs> I, I, I've done it in jest, though. I do think last Halloween's episode was 100% a call to Frank Booth. But mm -hmm. um, I can't help but notice the parallel between the parrot here and Waldo from Twin Peaks. <laughs> Leo, no. No, Leo. Leo, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was was Twin Peaks the first thing to have the uh, parrot as witness to a murder? Because, I mean, I remember seeing that on Twin Peaks and being like, damn, that's cool. But then I feel like I've seen that a bunch since. I don't know. Is that just like yeah. a... I'm sure it's an Agatha Christie thing or, you know, it probably goes back a ways. Yeah, I, I I gotta say, honestly, I thought the bird was gonna play a bigger or more pivotal role, given that they got a live animal on set for this, yeah. and it really, it's just kind of like garnish on the whole thing. It is. It, it's supposed to play a, a bigger role in the, the, like, the, the next part of this prank, yeah. but... It falls flat, just like most everything here. Uh, by the way, uh, when Tim comes into the house and sees the place ransacked, that's the beginning of episode four, titled "Wilson is Missing." Um, <laughs> just, just so you're keeping up, uh, we've seen, we've had the opening credits that's, every time. That's the name of the DVD chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I would. I'm. So, I'm. I am really bummed that physical media is on the way out because that would be my favorite copywriting job is just coming up with names for all of the different chapters on a DVD. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, do, do you let's have, just keep it going. Yeah, let's we, keep it rolling. We, we, from that, Tim gets spooked out, and we get a witch a, a witch flies in on her broom. Yep. And uh, for some reason, blows smoke, but it looks like she lets out a massive fart. <laughs> it's pretty good. I, this, this, show, this show just has to keep taking shots at witches. 
Um, okay, so we go to a commercial and we come back and Tim is uh, re-entering the Taylor house all panicked, um, saying that Wilson's missing, uh, all kinds of stuff is going on, it looks like it's been broken into. Uh, Brad says, "Looks like uh, maybe you should call the cops, and Jill says, yeah, yeah, it's on speed dial three. Tim runs over there and, and speed dials number three and calls the cops, air quotes. Yep, yep. Um, I, I mean, I guess this is sort of a fun callback to a couple seasons ago when they are doing another big elaborate multi-day prank on Tim and he thinks that that uh, demented fan of, of Tool Time is trying to kill him and when he thinks that she's captured him, he runs upstairs and picks up the phone and says, what's the number for 911? So, <laughs> I mean, at least Jill is, uh, yeah, you know, um, you, you, you can look at that and assume, oh, Jill just remembers last time Tim had trouble calling the police, but... Um, yeah. Worth mentioning, you know, when he calls the cops, uh, uh, a quote unquote cop answers the phone, and once he finishes taking finish finishes taking Tim's notes, he sits down. Uh, they're apparently at Al's place. Um, he's sitting with two other quote unquote cops with Al and Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings up my next question for this episode. Yes, are these actually cops? That's Yes, another huge question of mine. I mean, be, yeah, because we never, we, no one ever takes someone downtown. It all happens in one of these houses. I mean, it, so it's either it's because it, yeah, these are three people who obviously Tim does not know. So are they like people from a community theater group who Wilson knows, or are they? I, or like, are, yeah, that would have uh, that would have been a great way to integrate these characters in this prank is like Wilson is teaching down at the theater or something. Yes. And because if they're real cops, I have even more problems with that. <laughs> like the fact that like, wait, I'm so, I'm sorry. Say what you will about policing and how that resource can best be used. We should not be having them do <laughs> special appearances for elaborate I think pranks. That's one thing that can unify us all as far as police are concerned. Is that, I mean, and, and if that's the case, do you think they're cops who they don't even, like, if they're cops, is that just like a Royal Oak Police Department, like, free service that taxpayers get? Like, call this, you know, call call 511, and that's the that's the non-emergency line for the police where you need them to, uh, like, pretend to arrest your friend as part of an elaborate Halloween prank. Like, it's the, it's the ROPD. Royal Oak prank department. <laughs> now that is that is I think one thing that I would rather the police do instead of like using all of their funds to buy like really big armored cars and new types of of machine guns. Just like yeah, just establish a a special department for uh, elaborate lighthearted uh, pranks. Yeah, but all, but so, community connections. But those but those cops are not allowed to carry guns because I could see it going totally out oh, of hand God, yeah. if those okay, cops had real guns. Get out of this okay. gross corner. Uh, okay, wait, I wait, got another s- gross corner say, to take Say the mushroom word and I'll stop. Yeah, so anyway, the thing <laughs> about police violence. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, so when we cut to the shot of uh, the three quote-unquote police officers and Alan Wilson, we're at Al's house. They're... Alan Wilson are in Al's kitchen, leaning on the counter, looking through the little peekaboo window. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the co- quote unquote cops are sitting at the bar stools. Mm-hmm. That's where the phone is that he's hung up. And this is just, uh, I don't have words really for what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm gonna send you a picture. I realize this is, is creating more editing for you. Is this is this the picture that's sitting on the counter? Did you look at it? Y- yes, the picture of the very large woman, which is presumably to clue us in that this is Al's apartment because that's Al's mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mean joke. I mean, it's it's not even like that's. It's one thing for Tim to make those jokes. This is the show making a joke to us, the audience. Yep. Without Tim's involvement whatsoever. And I'm not on board with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's It's not... just an awkwardly placed frame right in the middle of the scene. Mm-hmm. It's just we need some way to, to show people that this is Al's apartment. And rather than use any of the other, you know, things about Al that we've established, let's just clue into this lazy, mean joke about his uh, mom and yeah. her size. Yes. Um. Yeah, don't don't love that. Don't love that. But I also I can't say I'm surprised to see that from this show, like the, to see that the show and not just him, like the the actual world of the show takes that to heart. I, yeah, I, st- still it's sucks. I didn't expect better. Um. Okay. So the scene doesn't quite end yet. We cut back to the Taylor home where, uh, the police are they're on their way out, and uh, Tim's like, well, maybe Wilson's in there. Um, but you know. There could still be someone lurking around. I'm going to have to take a, you know, uh, instrument with me, some sort of weapon. And he brings a, a like a steak fork mm-hmm. and a, <laughs> a pot lid yeah. as his, you know, Spartacus weapons uh, as he, he leaves the place. And we now so we, we knew that Al and Wilson were in on this. Now we see that Brad and Jill are also in on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they complement each other. And Brad says, good job. You know, good thinking switching out the speed dial and it's like which was unnecessary joke because we fucking got that from the previous moment but when you when you match cut to a cop picking up the phone and then we see he is standing in al's apartment yes we understand home improvement thank you (laughs) but also like jill's line is uh i'm the queen of pranks and it's like but you just did something smaller for the larger picture so i don't that wasn't quite the prank. I, I like. I don't think you get to lay claim to that. You're most <laughs> the Duchess of pranks. You know, the Countess, the Baroness of pranks, maybe, but you're not the Queen of pranks. Yeah, you're yeah. you're a prank lady in waiting. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. So okay. Well, I want to. Okay, I do have yeah. to call out this transition real quick because I I brought it up. I, maybe it might have been for Night to Dismember. I, I can't remember. It was one of the recent Halloween episodes, but um, I mentioned that there was a transition where it I thought Jill was bagged on set. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. where a person comes into frame, puts a bag over, and carries her away. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, apropos of, well, I guess Wilson might be kidnapped, but uh, two, yeah. two hooded figures come in and throw bags over both Jill and Brad and take them off screen, and this one's clearly not real yeah yeah the the fact that the fact that it's this it's like okay that is just an effect that they created for that one and they have then doubled up for this one yeah um, so it leads me to believe the the previous one was not real as well yeah yeah sounds that sounds about right uh by the way so when we find out uh, we find out that the cops are fake that begins i think is that episode five or six i think it's episode five now <laughs> we've lost track which is which is uh tim being faked out by fake cops uh 
Faked out by fake cops. Yes, exactly. Because, listen, people get faked out by real cops. Uh, It's called entrapment, and uh, the courts... Matango, uh, Matango. Okay. Um, So we go over to Wilson's house where Tim is leading uh, these cops around, showing them everything and talking about what's going on. And, you know, he's putting all this on the witch, saying, oh, he's dating this witch, and the witch is is doing this. The cop is very dubious about this. There is a bad cop to the good cop. And uh, that cop is being even meaner to Tim. And uh, as they look around, Tim is talking about the witch's amulet, but where it had been lying is now his monkey fez from earlier. The cop is mad that, wait, you were tampering with the crime scene? And then they they find Wilson's will, and now Tim has been listed as a beneficiary, and, oh, you're going to inherit Wilson's vast fortune. And, uh, and then as Tim is protesting his innocence, they find uh, Tim's bloody axe with uh, his name written on it buried in the kitchen door. And so um, they it, it, they start suspecting that Tim is the murderer. Uh, indeed, they do. Uh, there's the line, I did not know it was a crime. I did not know it at the time. Yeah. It's, it's great because they those those words rhyme. Um, <laughs> a lot of rhyming in this episode. Yeah. Last, I mean, last, last week it was alliteration. This week it's rhymes. Next I, I, week it's onomatopoeia. Oh, okay. That, well, that'll be fun. Just to, So it'll be like a Batman episode where people get punched and we just see, bam, pow. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, Landon. I, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. Uh, it's just, we have moved into, yeah, no, I guess this is still the same episode. Tim being framed is the same episode of Tim being faked out by fake cops. Yeah. I, so, okay. I mean, look, the actors are, and I'm going to do a, a, a catch all character after corner at the end of this episode. But, okay. Um, I think that. The actors are doing a fine job. In fact, I think they're kind of elevating the scene here. The cop actors. Um, Yeah. But it would be much funnier if we got to see them ham it up, Mm -hmm. having previously seen them in an acting class with Wilson. Yes. Yes. Like, that would be satisfying in a way that this is not. I I think I think that's a I think that is a great note. Um, I I think that if they you know because we would have seen their mannerisms and like the things that Wilson is trying to correct them on and their acting and then we could see that play out here and I don't know I'm reminded of the Arrested Development episode the elaborate prank episode of Arrested Development where they hire the three <laughs> painters to pretend to be drug dealers kidnapping George Senior and there's this whole thing about them ahead of time being like oh is this gonna be improvised like Curb or like we're yeah you know, we're in the Groundlings or something and the fact that they you you then see those elements play out yeah. among them later right um yeah I yeah I don't know I mean we and we can even cut to speaking of cut the axe literally cuts the scene in half yeah as they are like got Tim under the lights, grilling him at the dining room table of Wilson's house. And it's good cop, bad cop routine. And, uh, Tim is trying to push off the theory that it's, you know, an evil witch that's taken Wilson. And they're like, really, you want us to believe that your fingerprints are all, are all over this. It, the guy, the bad cop wants to like crack Tim's skull open, which do it. I, I, do I it. It was really funny. I wish it would have went bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I really wanted him to, like, smash a chair against the wall or something. <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, this is, um, and I think this is also a case where, like, all of this, as soon as we get into episode five, Tim being faked out by fake cops, this is where Tim Allen half-assing <laughs> it really hits the episode in The Family Jewels, because it's like, yeah. Tim, it do, he doesn't I, seem, like, scared or upset no. 
that his friend is missing and that he's being framed for the crime, there is no real fear. It's more if he's just kind of mildly annoyed by it. And this is this is where, you know, sometimes you can see for me, like when there's something badly written, you can kind of visualize the script yeah. and like you could just I kind of felt that with the Brad and Mark scene at the beginning of this episode where it's just like, oh, I can see Mark's two words written on a page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this scene I could see in the margins like, OK, what are all of the old cop shows uh, that, you know, the cop duos that I can remember for this and mm -hmm. just jotting it down in pencil? Yeah. Like, OK, McMillan and Son, Cagney and Lacey, Beretta. OK, I'm just going to throw all these out in the scene. Yeah. Just Tim. Tim's whole bit is even though his friend is d seemingly disappeared and he's and he thinks he's going to go to jail. Tim keeps calling the cops like Starsky and Hutch or Beretta and like just that's those are really the closest things we get to jokes from Tim. And so yeah, so he so it's like Tim knows that he's being pranked. It seems like that's why he's acting this way. And us. Which, I know, at this point would have been a better ending to this episode. I, I mean, honestly, I get, but it's, but if they'd leaned into that, but it's, instead, it's like, we, the audience, know this is a prank, and we're watching someone who seems to either know he's been pranked or just doesn't care that much in the first place getting pranked. So, the whole time, I'm just like, okay, 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 who, who is this for now, really? It's like doing a surprise right, party right. for someone who knows they're going to have a surprise party. It's like, why are we sitting behind the couch? <laughs> why, why are we doing this? Um, yeah, and so this that, that whole philosophy, I think, extends into the next scene where the cops follow Tim back home. They're going to place him under arrest, kind of. I mean, they're not, they're about to, uh, but Jill and uh, Brad really sell the thing because they, they're checking out Tim's alibi. Jill says, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, he was here with me this entire time, except for that 45 minutes in the middle of the night, uh, which there you go. There's your evidence for it being November 1st. Mm -hmm. um, Brad's like, why'd you do it, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> why'd you kill Wilson? <laughs> and then the, the cops are like, OK, we're going to arrest you. And as they say that, someone comes in and says, you need to take a look at this. Not just anyone comes in. Above ground swimming well, pool I was, Anthony uh, Bourdain comes in. <laughs> oh, okay. I got it confused in my head. I thought it was uh, the the woman, but I guess oh, not. No, no, no. They the, take. Yeah, she's out in the backyard yes. waiting for them all. Yes, she's okay. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kroger Bourdain uh, asks them to come out, and uh, they go to the backyard where a gurney is brought out, and a criminologist is uh, saying, "Is this Wilson?" But oh no. It's not a criminologist. It's Agatha. What? In police garb. What? <laughs> and Wilson is on the gurney. They they pull back the curtain, only down half of his face with no real explanation and no laugh from the audience. This is episode 5.5, which is uh, Tim getting framed by a witch who is a criminologist living a secret life. Like deceiving the cops. I, I get that this is part of Tim being faked out by fake cops, but the fake out has gone so far now that like that a witch is manipulating the criminal justice system. That's like that's like an entire season of Ryan Murphy. That might have been a Neil Gaiman novel, graphic novel in the 90s. I'm not 100% sure about that. But... I, it, yeah, well, it's I'm sure it was a real corker. Um, yeah, when when Wilson is on the gurney, Tim leans in to identify and Wilson jumps up to scare him. And okay. And then he's like, I'm the king baby. And the thing is like, 
All of this just for a jump scare. Right. Right. One moment. <laughs> like, the reaction you got out of Tim, you could have done just by hiding behind a wall and scaring him yeah. when he walked by. <laughs> <laughs> You could have bought one of those handshake buzzers for like a nickel at a gift shop and gotten the same thing. By the like when they go outside where there's the stretcher, they've got they've got the woman, you know, they've got I also I don't know if Agatha is actually Wilson's girlfriend or if she's an actress too. And it's got, never absolutely never addressed. They've got her out there, they've got like paramedics with with Wilson on the stretcher. There are red and blue lights flashing from off screen, leading me to believe that they have police cars and an ambulance that they got for this, this thing. They are annoying the neighborhood with this prank. I mean, I the only reason that the neighbors aren't like you know, hollering and, and hooting and making a fuss. Well, it's either A, because they think an actual murder happened, or B, because they've recruited <laughs> all the neighbors to play background cops or something. I <laughs> Well, I would hope it's maybe the latter, because the former seems like it might be illegal. Yeah, well, probably so. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, it is. And because, you know, Wilson jumps up and goes, boo, and Tim kind of jumps back a little bit. And again, Tim Allen, not really selling it, he kind of just like, looks mildly surprised and then starts laughing as everyone else around him laughs and claps. And we don't get a close-up on Tim. We don't punch in any closer. No. We just have one wide shot for this whole thing. And again, far be it for me to criticize the camera work on a three-camera sitcom, I understand. <laughs> but it's like the whole episode has been leading up to this moment. And it's just yeah. and, and, and the whole ep- I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's very lackluster. It's like I don't know. It's like the it's like the the last three minutes of a porn movie or something where they're just gonna wrap up the story <laughs> after the fucking is done. It's like no no one's really watching this. Everyone has turned it off. <laughs> yeah, whatever. These these jumps out and scares him. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Executive producer Carmen Finiestra. Wait. So what? What was the what was the cum shot? I mean, I think. Oh man, yeah. If, the, if it's not him surprising Wilson, I don't know. Maybe I. I think no. Honestly, Landon, the cum shot is Tim walking in dressed as a flying monkey, based on the way the audience responded. I think. <laughs> so I mean, the episode could have just ended there. It look, uh, agreed. It didn't do that. Didn't do it for me, by the way. But I guess that was that was the studio audience's kink. <laughs> um, yeah, mild mild shock, mild surprise yeah. for Tim. It was totally worth like. 48 hours and five figures in permits and costume rentals. And... <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah. I think that's part of the fun though, is watching the links that people will go to, but the, the story has to match that. I mean, mm-hmm. it has to justify it to a degree. Yes. I, I think I mentioned it in one of our previous Halloween episodes, but I, the more I've sat on it, the more I am confident in saying that I think my all-time favorite Halloween the show that does Halloween episodes is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they knew of you know the the Halloween episode tropes. They knew the game that had to be played, and it was a show that allowed them to go just as wild as they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um. And also had continuity, so it, it it built from season to season. So, yeah, that kind of is. I mean, the the elements of it are here, where it's like they're they're all gunning for the number one spot to be the king of Halloween or queen of Halloween, and it just I don't know doesn't play out that way. Like I, at no point do I feel the sense of history here. Mm-hmm. 
I just feel them all separately claiming they're the best. Yeah. But if there there was a history of like each season somebody gets one over on everybody else, I don't know. I, that that's what Brooklyn Nine Nine does. Look, there was there was a show that did that really well. It's one that I haven't mentioned on this podcast before. It's called Cheers. It's about a bar, but there's a whole series of episodes where they have Gary's Old Town Tavern, which is their yeah, rival right, right. bar, and they like once a year, every season, like it's April Fool's Day or something, or maybe it's Halloween. One of the two, they will like there will be a prank war between the two bars, which a is funny because Cheers always loses, and it's funny to see the protagonist get vexed, and B, it escalates more and more over the years, and in the final season, it goes absolutely bonkers. They like destroy the other bar. It like that. that it, yeah, it. They run with the gag and make it bigger and bigger, and everyone commits to it fully, and so it's more fun to watch. That's something you've never heard so, on this show. Me talking favorably about Cheers and comparing Matango. it unfavorably. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we get our stinger, which is Tim's way of reclaiming the king spot, and it's <sighs> equally like out of proportion with everything else. Yes. Um. A. What happens to the bird? Wilson steps out and back, and his his parrot's gone, and he hears Tim. Uh, from up on the high, you know the the. The, hey, they they actually call out the telephone pole in yeah. Wilson's backyard. The, Weird. The telephone pole that I'm pretty sure wasn't there when we were out in Wilson's backyard earlier in, in this episode. <laughs> Let's take same a look. Episode. I got the episode open here. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, no. There it is. Oh, no. Okay. All right. So there's some continuity did did, did follow through. Um, Yeah, he's he's up the, the, the mystery phone pole saying that, oh, the bird's up here. I'm trying to get him. And then there's a big zap and a smoldering dummy falls down and face plants in Tim's yard. And then and Wilson once again thinks, oh, no, my buddy has died. <laughs> I I did just spend three days and tens of thousands of dollars pranking him. And Tim does tend to be vengeful. But no, this seems legit. <laughs> that body looks super real. <laughs> See, now I would have liked if Wilson was completely unaffected by this. And we return to the <sighs> beginning of the episode where God. Tim is like, God damn it. My stuff isn't working again. That'd be so good. <laughs> Yeah, I would have left with a smile on my face. Um, but no, but we can't do that because in Tim Allen's contract, it says he uh, Tim Taylor can never be pranked. He always has to he win. Has the, he has the first Vin Diesel contract. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, and, and pranking is really about family at the end of the day. Um, uh, yeah, but so, yeah, Tim comes out while Wilson is tending to this obviously fake body and taps Wilson on the shoulder, and he's carrying the cage with the bird in it, and uh, and Tim goes, who's the king now? And the bird says, Tim's the king, Tim's the king. Oh, God. Um, I have two things we didn't really touch on uh, yeah. in this episode, sure. and they're both superfluous, but I'm going to go into them anyway, because what else am I going to get a chance to? Yeah, um, if not now, then when? When... To... <laughs> Uh, Heidi has not been part of this prank one iota. Well, she's there at the house, at like Tim's house, before the cops come in with Tim. But yeah. then she right. and... This, this yeah. what I was heading oh, to gotcha. here is like, at no point, she wasn't at Wilson's, you know, Wilson and Al's house with the police. She only shows up for that moment. And when uh, Tim is coming back in, Jill says, quick, hide, uh, Get in the broom closet, and she shoves Heidi and Al into the broom closet. Mm. We never see them again <laughs> for the rest of the episode. I mean, I th maybe their heads pop over the fence at the very end, but 
Like, there's no reason for them to be there. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it's look, it's a shame that the show has written off the prospect of them as, you know, having such sexual tension or something like that, because that would be a well, great excuse know. for it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. uh, but I, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm just, look, I'm just going to keep going so you don't yell Matanko at me. Uh, but I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's odd that they have to show, oh no, Heidi and Al are here. Like every time they do one of these, it's made very clear that it's not just Tim's family and neighbors. It's also his coworkers pranking him. Like every right. single person Tim knows, like I almost expect the Colonel to come back from the grave, beyond yeah. the grave. And like, that would be a, a, okay, listen, I'm not complaining about this, but we haven't seen Harry and the boys once the season. That's so true. like, thank fucking God we're away from Harry's hardware. But if you're going to do an episode like this, I would love to see what you're talking about of like every single element in Tim's life. He goes to the hardware store and Marty and Harry and Benny are in on it and he goes to work and Heidi and Al are in on it and he goes to the the hell, he even goes to the hospital and Marge is in on it. You know, yeah. something like that or His he goes to the diner. <laughs> it goes to the diner and Dolores is in on it. Yeah. You know like I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, we're just posing things that aren't going to happen, so I guess it's pointless no i no i mean they'll they're they're listening to this this podcast right i mean they're gonna they're gonna do these for season nine right that's what you told me when we started here's my other thing that i forgot to bring up during the tool time episode Mm -hmm. um tool time is starting to develop its own creep oh there's a tool creep who isn't tim it it's it's not fully developed yet but you know how usually it's like a buzzsaw Mm -hmm. and it just has tool time on it and then spins away Mm -hmm. um this one was a pumpkin that popped up, and it mm. was emblazoned with tool time. But then a hand popped up. This is a prank. The, the no, no, no. Go what? Well, I'm not gonna ask you to watch again. A hand popped up, and <laughs> I can I can hear it. Why it sounds like a prank, but um, the, the hand carved not. Uh, Truman is gullible into the pumpkin, right? No, that's what it did. It's, it's a tool time. I'm gonna take a, a, a screenshot of this real quick. Okay, to you. and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get like a you know goatsy or something in a message from you, and you're gonna be the king again. No, I don't need to be the king twice. I don't know. I feel like you do though. I, uh, I it just don't. it seems like the kind of thing that you would do. I mean, sure. May, oh, look, may, maybe there maybe there is a tool there time is. creep, and maybe it is pumpkiny in nature. I don't. I I you know. I won't even necessarily believe it when I see it because I know that you're good at Photoshop. Uh, yeah, I I just got kind of excited that like the the idea that it the show is imploding upon itself that tool time is becoming I don't know its own creep is is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's about as good as I can. Get Cre- creeps on creeps on creeps. Yeah, like the the um, the Grunt creep open its opens its mouth and a smaller mouth comes out of it and that is this this tool time creep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's just the MC Escher of uh sitcom logos. I we I've all I've long said that and people have been like, "What? What are you talking about? What's a grunt creep?" <laughs> what's the what's what does above ground swimming pool person mean? And I say, "Oh, you clearly you're not my co-host." Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that I mean that looks like a pumpkin with tool time carved into it. I I I, I guess I trust you. I mean, look, I'm not so good that I can make it look like it was transferred from video into a DVD. But you're the king. Uh, I'm just, 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm not encouraging. You I, I mean, listen. I'm just. I'm happy you acknowledge that I'm the king. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't. I. I mean, I'm sure shit. Not going to be able to come up with something else in the course of this phone call to get you back. Um. <laughs> well, look. Do you do you, uh, do you want to talk about these yeah. character actors so we don't neglect I them do. on our way out the door? Yep. I want to go uh, into a catch-all character actor corner. We got kind of a big one this week. Mm. Uh, let's start with Agatha. Why don't we? Let's. Um, I'm gonna really do my damnedest and we all know that this is my strong suit mm-hmm. oh good <laughs> agatha is played by natalia uh i think that's how you pronounce it yeah l-i-j-a uh nogalich okay that sounds pretty good i'll buy that <laughs> does it i don't know uh she is a character actor mm-hmm. with many 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 movies and tv shows under her belt um your favorite movie, as we enter the holidays, she was uh, Mrs. Shirley in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ooh. Oof. Uh, Oof. She did some episodes of Star Trek, The Next Generation. Okay. She was in Hoffa as Joe Hoffa. Oh. Okay. Uh, two Broke Girls. Mm. Uh, only one episode of that, looks mm. like. NCIS. Okay. Uh, a couple episodes of The West Wing, The Practice. Oh boy, what else? L.A. Law. Wow. Uh, her first credit goes all the way back to a movie called Stony Island. I haven't heard of that in 1978. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, just kind of Cagney and Lacey, NYPD um, Blue, perhaps Dynasty. She was not on NYPD Blue. Uh still feel I'm still getting an ER vibe off of her. An ER vibe with. 157 credits. Oh. None of them are oh. ER. I, I thought that she appeared on 157 episodes of ER, in which case <laughs> that would th- then people would get chalupas again, even though we're not doing that game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're moving on to Richard Real. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the main cop, the mustachioed one. Yeah. I'm sure you've recognized him. He did look familiar. Was he in a Beverly Hills cop movie playing a cop? <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. It was not him. Uh, he's from uh, Office Space, I think, most popularly. Oh, oh, oh wait, he's the guy he's, who got, jumped to conclusions, jumped Matt. To, jumped to conclusions, yep. Oh, man. Um, now, okay, I got to pull open uh, James Hong, because if you remember, James Hong was our most prolific actor that mm-hmm. we've covered so far. Yeah, he had like 500 it's, credits or so. 454. Mm-hmm. So he still edges out Richard Real, really, I think is how you pronounce it, with 420 credits. Nice. Um, uh, wow. With one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 projects, either in production or post-production or pre-production god bless that is yeah uh, you've said prolific a lot but you've uh, the the only person more prolific is james hong wow (laughs) oh my god that is um and you you might remember uh we uh, we have not had a guest on the show in a very long time Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) true at one point we had a guest uh luke barnett um yeah who has actually worked with richard Greeley. oh Wow, is this the first time that 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 the world of of the people we know and the world of home improvement have have gingerly touched fingers? Uh, 
excuse me, I was in a episode or I was in a background scene of a shot with James Cromwell. Okay, yes, right, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, wait, that was, was also longest yard, right? Longest yard, yes. yes good, good. Uh he was also the uh Bob Bigelow and Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo. Great. Casino. I mean, do you want me to go through his credits? I'd I'd prefer that you not because, you know, we have been going for a while here. Um Yep. Uh so okay. And uh NYPD Blue? Uh no. I'm still going to s- What? I am How is that possible? How has he not done NYPD Blue? That's that blows of, my mind. Yeah, that's really odd. I'm still going to say ER just because I like yes, he d- was on ER just because it's like how could he not? But this is I don't know. I I'm, I'm worried now. Uh so what's your answer? Uh, yes, he was on ER. He was on one episode of ER after this episode oh. uh, in 2002 wow. called uh, A Hopeless Wound. Mm-hmm. He played Mandrake Patient. <laughs> Mandrake? Is, is that the character's name? Mandrake Patient? I mean, that, that's yes. very ironic that he wound up being a patient in a hospital. Um, <laughs> I guess that's what the episode's about. Um, okay. Okay, well, God, I salute him, and I'm really glad he was on that one ER episode, because it would have been kind of crazy <laughs> if he wasn't. Oh, my goodness. Um, Richard Reilly. Okay, the bad cop. Mm-hmm. Um, he is oh, forensic cop. Okay, I guess it doesn't matter what his character name is. He yeah. is played by David Starzik. Um, 126 credits. Wow. They got some real heavy hitters one of them, for this. Seriously. One of them being Lost, where he played Brian Porter, hmm. The Practice, uh, he goes all the way back to 1993 in a movie called Madame, hmm. uh, <laughs> TV show called Dweebs, <laughs> oh, the 90s. Oh, man, before, you know, Dweebs walked so freaks and geeks could run. <laughs> Pacific Blue, Veronica's Closet, Days of Our Lives, he did 12 episodes of that. Wow. Uh, I am seeing NYPD Blue here. Yeah. Uh, two episodes, actually. And same character, Special Agent Boyd. Mm. Oh, like like Woody on uh, on Cheers. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say yes to ER. You are going to say yes to ER, and you will be wrong. Oh, it's not as I crushing know. a defeat. But, but on Days of Our Lives, he did play ER Doctor. I think that counts. I think that counts for two, actually. <laughs> Sorry, but, you know, I don't make the rules, uh, although I actually kind of do. Um, wow. Lastly, no, two more. Sorry, oh. uh, but the 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 last one's really quick. Uh, playing above ground swimming pool, Anthony, Anthony Bourdain. Bourdain is Robert Netch's. Uh, he was lab guard in inner space. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's done voices for a lot of video games, like Hitman, uh, Ringo. Oh, he was in, oh, TV announcer, Brother Can You Spare a Hot Rod, Oh, uh, earlier episode of this series. Damn. Interesting. Interesting indeed. And amazing that he made time for this with his jet setting around visiting, um, you know, kind of shitty and uninteresting bargain brand places and, uh, you know, (laughs) making a kind of no holds barred show about uh, the, you know. Like the like the real culture of the Wichita airport and which of the KFC Express uh, outlets in there is the best one and like you know interviewing uh, interviewing his uh, favorite baggage mm-hmm. handlers there, um, 
Okay, I don't think this guy was on ER because he's he was so you busy doing that. Happen to be correct. Woo. Okay. Woo. Woo. And Woo. finally, we have um Laura Hauser, who has mm. one credit for home improvement. She played the voice of Mozart. Okay. Uh I'm gonna say not on ER. <laughs> you got it. Ding 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 um, ding ding. This is not a character actor, but uh, worth, uh, I guess, just a trivia. Um, you remember the name Milton Kennedy? Uh, that name is familiar to me, yes. I don't know why. <laughs> you don't know why? Uh, maybe because Milton Kennedy is, he doesn't go for that. Oh, yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, that that charming running gag, yes. Yeah. Is he, <laughs> he doesn't go for that sort of thing. Is he the he lawyer? He plays the lawyer. Oh, uh, yep. yeah. Okay, okay. There you go. I just I, awkwardly standing there going, I don't know how to act when I don't have any lines and you can't see my face. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know how to how anyone would act under those circumstances. <laughs> um I and we'll never know if he goes in for that sort of thing. I, I guess not. <laughs> he does go in for masks. Yeah, no, he's he's all about that. He, you know, at the at the eyes wide shut orgy, he has no qualms about anything because there's masks <laughs> on. Truman Landon. What did we learn? about this episode uh we learned what we learned from this episode we we learned from this episode that even though recycling is important (laughs) just recycling a bunch of bits from previous Mm -hmm. seasons and uh names of cop shows and blending those together and actually no 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 scratch that what we learned is that uh, just because you have like six and a half different ideas for an episode doesn't mean you should put them all into the same episode. <laughs> I think that's a good lesson to learn. Yeah. What, what did you learn? Um, I learned that it's good to be the king, but yeah. when you're on top, there's only one place to go, which is down. And so you have to live your life in fear. Mm-hmm. And I am officially announcing my retirement from... King, I am resigning. You're abdicating? Uh, effective immediately. Oh shit! So, um, so there's a vacuum to fill, and I think Mark Mark's the person <laughs> to fill it. <laughs> Look, I I think all of the trouble that came up on Game of Thrones when someone stopped being king could have been resolved if they've just had Taron Smith be the new king of Westeros. <laughs> could have saved us all a lot of time and heartache and murder. Um, and looking at a really bad haircut. No. Um. Okay, well, there's one last question, though, that you haven't answered, which is, <gasps> yes, how many grunts do you think there were in the grunt count, my lord? <laughs> oh, you're not the king anymore, you jerk. <laughs> That's what I call everyone who isn't a king, you jerk. Um, I think there are zero. I don't think there are any. Oh, boy, Landon. Boy, oh, boy. You are correct. No grunts. No grunting whatsoever. <laughs> Which is surprising. Like, I feel... Well, I guess it's not that surprising. We, no. we learned that he hates doing it, and last episode we even saw him n- not do a grunt in the form of doing grunts. So, look, as, I think he's, like, actively uh, avoiding them. As soon as I learned that Tim Allen didn't like doing the grunts, it's like, oh, well, then, of course, we may never see another grunt. Like, Tim Tim also <laughs> doesn't like uh, portraying someone who has had a prank played on them and the prank goes unanswered. Yeah. So the entire show is structured around that multiple times. <laughs> I, obviously, he's not going to be grunting if he does not enjoy right. grunting. But at the same time, it's the final season. Like, I, I don't want to say there's going to be no grunts this season. Clearly, I, I don't you have to hit all either. the hits. Yeah. 
I I don't know. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> the, the, the final episode is just going to be 100% grunting. I, I mean, and that and that'll probably be enough to make this episode the grunt or this season the gruntiest season of them all. So our it's our possible. prediction from the beginning will uh, eventually come true. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matanko. I'm gonna I'm gonna Matanko you on that one. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's get out of this freaking long-ass episode yes, that we've done. Matanko this whole episode. <laughs> it's Matango with a G. Oh, ma- well. But I'm... we we did, definitely did tank it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's Mandy Patank in this whole episode. <laughs> Grunt work is made possible by our patrons. If you really enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider going to therapy or becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Still go to therapy, Leave us a though. rating review. It's a good idea. Leave us a rating review. <laughs> Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the easiest way to support us and it helps other people find the show. Stop by to say hi to us on Instagram or wherever you can find us. Yep. Uh-huh. Or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com where you can see other information on today's episode and sign up for a weekly newsletter. Until next week, when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and never, ever talk to the cops without a lawyer present. And if they're fake cops, get a fake lawyer just to be sure. They have to fake tell you if they're fake cops. (laughs) It's in the fake constitution.